Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here, aka Captain Brunch, being joined as always by co host Destin Soul Glow Frasier. You're ready to get weird. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> I almost thought he said it's going to get dark, but I'm like, no, let's send him in happy. It's going to get weird. Yeah, it's gonna, I guess. I, I hope you can live up to that. I had to outdo where the hose at. I mean, I, don't know. I mean, it certainly has started weird, so. <laughs> you might have fulfilled that off. Might have fulfilled that prophecy. Self fulfilling prophecy, if you will. I am uh, proud to say and announce to my community because I like to lead by example that I have my douchebag sticker right on my elbow. Man, I need to get mine. Shit, I gotta step yeah. it up. No, I don't have any sticker. I don't have anything. I, don't know. I have no. You have no reason to be proud of me. I have nothing to flaunt this week. My value is less than the rest of you. No. That have stickers. That's what they taught us in school. It's funny how that shit carried over from kindergarten, right? <laughs> now they're like, let's see who got a sticker this week. Look, look, everybody, look who got a sticker. You could get a sticker too. You know, keep that music <laughs> on for a little while. Just kind of enjoying it. And also because I almost fucking faded out without doing any shout outs to all of our wonderful people across all of the different popular podcatcher apps iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. Uh, you know, talkbrunch.com, twitch.tv, facebook.com slash talkbrunch, all of the places where if you have bad mental health, being on there will give you a panic attack. Triggered! Oh my god, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a week it is. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. Have a uh, coming off the heels of a found footage movie kick. So that's been interesting. Really? What found? What, what kind? Of, you mean like stuff like Blair Witch? Uh, yeah, stuff like that. Because um, I recently joined uh, a found footage movie group on Facebook. There is some shit out there. All right, like that might be my new favorite Facebook group because I've found videos I didn't even know existed, and I'm like, oh my god, these are wonderful. But they're all like Blair Witch. They're directed. They're like. They work, yeah, right? Yeah, they're, they're, they're that Blair Witch style where it's like you see everything coming from just the camera. Hmm. Oh. Were you were you on the stream when we were playing the Blair Witch game? Yeah, I was part of that one. Yeah, that's how lost by my memories. I don't even remember who was on there. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. Something about when... I don't know. I'm not the best person when it comes to horror as far as taste. Um, you know, I'm not like a horror snob, I guess, to where we would be like a wrestling or a gaming snob. But it's something about that kind of obscure horror. horror I kind of felt like it only worked with uh, in rare instances like Blair Witch. Like, can you think of another point or anyone in the chat room where that kind of horror has been really well done besides Blair Witch? Yeah, for the mainstream ones, there has been many. The only other one that I, I could, at least on the mainstream that I enjoyed was Cloverfield. But then I've noticed horror, uh, at least for the found footage movies, you see more of them like when you go into like the indie type stuff. So, like you gotta go on yeah. places like the Tubi to find some of the shit I found. But 
Right, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you so mentioned Cloverfield. Right, it's funny you mentioned Cloverfield because I know a lot of people didn't like it. I really like it. When I yeah, watch, oh, I, I, I still go back to it every now and then. I had an HD Cloverfield somewhere around here, and I, I get why I get the criticisms. But for me, just especially as someone who lives in New York, seeing the way the effect and everything felt real, the way that it was filmed and the way everything happened, uh, more so the chaos was uh, pretty accurate. And in hindsight, having lived in New York through 2020 and 2021, I it it really reflects just how accurate it is when things go wrong and how people act. <laughs> So more so now to me, it's an accurate depiction of what happens when things go wrong. You know, you know what, saw? I don't want to segue too much, but that's what this show is all about. You know what I realized? I had an epiphany the other day about myself in hindsight. And it's going to be, I hope it's not dark. I was walking uh, with the significant other and we were running errands and stuff. And I noticed, I saw, I was like, look, there's more cars and uh, people are back to normal. You know, things may not necessarily be back to normal, but people are sure as hell acting like they are, like everyone just moving about, being themselves, you know, and uh, just, you know, you start to see, I never really went into hibernation during this. It was, I was sort of like the stand or, or even more so I am legending it with the significant other out here. We went where we had to go. We were in the middle of an empty Times Square and I remember the beginning of that, and it was just like, man, you know, I never thought that I would see the world like this. So then I started seeing uh, people walking around. To be clear, and I didn't realize that Facebook, I should have known Facebook does it, but I didn't realize that Facebook and all these other social media platforms were giving out little stickers. I'm not going to, I'm going to be obscure about for, for doing what, but they're giving out little six stickers when you, when you comply and you do certain things so that you could say, Hey, I got mine. You know, the way Facebook's always a part of it. But I wasn't thinking when I was saying to you guys, though, these people are so proud of their stickers. I meant people wearing this shit like on them. You're like, like I wasn't even thinking about, but you know what? You could, you could go ahead and group in the, 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 the marks on, uh, on social media as well. I don't want to exclude them, but I'm just saying at the time of that post, I was referencing the people that are actually wearing it like on their book bags and purses and shit. I don't know if you realize people are doing that. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, when I, when I went on there, I, I was saying, oh, you know, all, you, all, the, all these people, I've never seen so many grown adults so proud to have a sticker on them. And I think a lot of people, I didn't realize it until later when I thought, I think a lot of people took it as the ones that are putting it in their profile. But I, I didn't even realize that. I, I, I looked at that today for the first time when I was putting the program together. I was talking about people who I've walked past that have it on them like on, like on their purse or on their shirt, like a little sticker, man. Like they went, boop. Look, I have a little sticker. Uh, the most but, I've seen anybody I know do is like post it, like and like like pick, take a picture with it, and then you just never see the sticker again. Yeah, but the, why even take a pic? You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not, I'm not pro, I'm not pro, or I'm not for or against anything. I'm not gonna leave people in either way. But who has time, dude? to go into their profile on social media nowadays and change the frame. I've seen it done for other things, but it's like I'm at such a different point in my life from where I was seven years ago when we started this, uh, you know, and I made a lot of mistakes and I learned a lot along the way. But when I look at the things that people value, where people's value are, it, it, I used to it's it's almost comedic in a depressing. It's almost dark comedy to me because like who has time really? I wish I don't have a moment to spare. And this is a shoot, not a work. This is a shoot. Like to get on here on Mondays, I literally don't have a moment to spare. Every moment is accounted for. That's sort of the way life is a lot of the time. And that's not counting like having to adult, you know, just things in life that I don't really talk about on here. But just having to do like your day to day. 
So it's weird when I see people having the time, like you mentioned, oh, you know, some of these people, they put the sticker on themselves and then take the picture. Think about that, Destin. They, took, they put a sticker on themselves, take a oh, picture no, 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 of they, the they sticker on the themselves. Sticker on them. They just hold it up. I've seen people put the sticker on themselves, take the picture, upload it <laughs> to a platform, and then have time to put a little caption. Look at me. And they're like, are you kidding me? You had that much time in your day? <laughs> no. With everybody, at least in my group of friends, I just see them hold up the sticker, boop, and then move on. It's weird the things that people will consider milestones and accomplishments nowadays. Here my dumbass is, sometimes doing six to seven hours putting together a program and ripping audio and getting a structure here just for fun for me and you to hang out. And motherfuckers are getting like plus thumbs up for, for, uh, for putting glue with paper on themselves. <laughs> It's just silly to me. And I know that I'm the, I'm the, at this point, I'm not the popular opinion, thanks to the majority of the snowflakes and SJW world out there. But whether, and, I, and again, when I first made that post, maybe I wouldn't have made it if I was thinking about just social media. I was thinking about real life people. But now I group into social media people too. They're just digital marks. It's the same thing. Like, no one should have time to do that. I don't want to hear what their medical business is. That shit doesn't, like, we don't do that for anything else. We're going to get more into this later on because it's going to keep coming up because it keeps coming up in my program as much as I try to avoid it. So trust me, I would almost consider the whole thing a rant. It's not going to be like a rant segment. I just think that today's fucking program has a rant. Where to it. Wrote it down. But anyway, so, you, so, so I digress. You got these people, and I, I went out there, so I'm out there with a the significant other, and I'm seeing people. They have stickers, uh, masks, capes, <laughs> you know, all kinds of stuff. I almost feel like I'm... I I'm, took you so seriously when you say capes. <laughs> sometimes you should. You know, I kind of feel like everyone has a quirk. You know, and I'm still <laughs> again. And I said this, and it's not a boast. It, it, it's not a boast. It's not a. It's it's more just me being honest. I've always been honest with my community. Anyone who's met me, and especially people who've been on the show and have actually met me, would tell you that, like, uh, unlike a lot of people I've come across, where I've been disappointed. You know, uh, where they were a little bit more repressed, and uh, I guess you know into themselves like i'm not gonna lie I'm gonna, I'll, I'll name drop for some for some he's been gone long like rage when i met him in real life he was a pussy like he was nothing like the guy who was on the radio you know what i mean like he wasn't he wasn't outspoken he, he wasn't witty he wasn't he, he was a fucking pussy he was just like quiet he didn't want to eat around other people he was sort of like he disappeared awkwardly for a while like the guy wasn't really like as outspoken i found that with people that you meet online a lot of the time they won't have that they don't have that 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 they don't have a sort of personality they sort of use online as an outlet whereas me it was the opposite i have to remember to come on here you'll scale back you know kind of hang back because you get angry you get heat you don't want to have heat that carries you six days if you're only doing this for one no, so that being said, so you can hear another episode of Redacted in the works. I don't give a fuck about redacting at this point. <laughs> what are they going to do? You know, it's been seven years. Who's going to redact? Who's going to do what? What's the consequence of anything at this point? The world almost ended. Exactly. Where's the, where's the consequence of anything I've done? Good or bad? What's, what's the consequence or, or reward of anything that I've done? It's been a thankless, a punishless fucking existence as far as I'm concerned. And that's not being negative. It's just being real. So who the fuck would even bother to hold their tongue? No one else has. The only people that listen to us or that deal with us in our media community that know what we're talking about know what we're talking about. And the ones that, that aren't, interest, aren't interested in that aspect, that goes over their head and they're listening for the wrestling anyway. But the point being, I digress. My digression <laughs> is that when, <laughs> right, that's a double down on that double kill here, is that, you know, when you come across a lot of people, ten, people tend to be a little bit more 
uh, I guess aggressive. I don't want to use the word aggressive and, and online when you meet them, you're like, oh, look, they're a little bit more mild, more mild. I can see why this person wasn't able to get knocked out. With me, I have to scale it back because that's the way I am. That being said, being out in this world and seeing people with their stupid little stickers and walking around parenting like ponies, it just made me realize, and it was a dark moment, but I am more suited. 2020, we left the old world and I kind of feel like we've rebooted. The, the Matrix has been rebooted. 2021 is a new world. And the sad thing is I kind of feel like I was best suited for that post-apocalyptic middle world that we were in. You know what I mean? Before we transition, that empty I am legend world, in hindsight, and I know people are going to get heat for that, but in hindsight, it was kind of nice, man. Now looking at everybody walking around with stickers being goofy and back to complaining about the shit that they were complaining about. Nothing to worry about anymore because the government covered them financially and like, you know, everything got got back to normal and got fixed. Now we're all back to being fucking crying and complaining and canceling people. You know what, man? And I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. I kind of miss it. I miss not hearing from people wanting to cancel each other and complaining about shit because they were too busy fucking suffering while the world was ending. (laughs) <laughs> that's a real fucking problem the end of the world now we should cancel revenge we should do no i miss i miss it man i miss when they had to fucking survive <laughs> motherfuckers almost got canceled you goddamn selves and real canceled i want round two they were existing in the world i've always lived in in my mind so fuck it <laughs> i've never like taken my guard down about things happening you know it's just like a realization of the fact that as you get older that any kind of shit can happen and you should be really prepared for it but i it, i kind of like when we were in the middle of it i knew i knew when we came out the other side you'd still have people who didn't grow or change at all they'd be the same people from the beginning that just went back to the shit they were doing and that it's kind of it's sad it's amusing but it's just something that's that's intriguing at the same time because to be honest with me, and I feel like anyone who's my peer kind of vibrates on the same level as me, if that didn't age you at least a decade, you weren't really contemplating life as it was happening. I feel like I aged more than, uh, than I am. You know what I mean? Like it may have been just a year or a little over a year, but for people who really experienced it or embraced it, the things that you learned or the way you had to change your life, I feel like I aged a decade. I'm nothing like I could never that show we had with those clowns on here where it was like five or six of us and we're like fucking Power Rangers. I could oh, never God. do that again. I could never, like, I could never be that guy again. You know, I could never just get on my morpher and suit up. You know, our philosophies and our values and the way that I do things and the way that I control, control things are way different. And in hindsight, I feel like in that, in that stance, pre-pandemic, Rick made a lot of mistakes, learned a lot. And uh, odds are a lot of that stuff, a lot of those people in different incarnations, not necessarily where they were, would still be around if I learned how to manage people that weren't as mature as I think the rest of us that are still around have become but just looking at the world, the ones that haven't changed at all or really changed anything about their methods or psychology or philosophies, it's like, that's sad, man. That's some really sad shit. Like the world almost ended and you're still out here canceling. Like half the program that I have here with wrestling is people canceling or happy that people are canceling, happy that people are fired, happy that this isn't going to happen or that isn't going to happen. Yeah, it was a point that nothing was going to happen. You weren't happy then. You almost got canceled <laughs> universally. <laughs> Earth was almost canceled, like in fucking South Park. Remember when Earth was almost canceled? Was oh it South Park God, that did that? We're sorry, we had a good run. An ice cream to save us here. You know, Earth was almost canceled, and people were able to just fucking go back to like nonsense. You know, like I, like I, I look at things a lot differently. I feel like you do too. I feel like we all do. You know. Yeah. Don't. Yeah, I definitely be in in that type of a situation. Like it's not even like that. I just I'm okay. Just being isolated again but like i can deal with it a lot better now 
Yeah, for, you know what it is? For some of us, for anyone who's an anime fan out there, they'll get this. There are those of us who dealt with this like the ending of a Dragon Ball Z saga, you know, the aftermath after the big bad is gone. And I was like, all right, now how are we going to start wishing this shit back to normal? But then there are those of us who handled it like one of the Dragon Ball movies or OVAs, where it was like the moment the guy was dead, they just went back to the mall or shopping or the, or the camp or whatever. Like, like just second place. Right? <laughs> they're like, oh, whatever. You know, they're in the hospital joking and giggling. <laughs> like, yeah, no one. No one reflected on this like that like i look back on twitter and i see everybody it's like you really have time to bolster but i got mine uh, the, the rambo one half podcast shout out to them because i'm a big fan of that and they, he responded when i put that tweet out about you know people being so proud of their stickers and the, and there are a couple they made a good point their response was that uh it's just another thing to keep us divided and i feel that way now you have people who are on side a and side b did you get your sticker no you should have gotten your sticker why what difference does it make <sighs> we'll get more to that later on though yeah it's going to be one of those shows tonight, people. Well, it's all over the damn nose. Go be some shit. <laughs> you know, it's all over the damn nose. I'll see you going to do. But as you guys know here, we always like to start off with something fun. I guess we screwed that up already. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I still haven't even put the damn program in front of me. It was kind of like I didn't even care. It was kind of like, you know what I did? I just put the program in front Well, they were podcasts. Sick. The Rambo One Half guy, they follow Talk Brunch and I think myself personally on Twitter. And it's a podcast all about Ranma. They just go through the episodes and uh, I'm a huge fan of it. So I don't really get to listen to them very often. But as you guys know, I'm, I've, I've said before, when I, when I go off of here, I don't look for corporate entertainment. I usually look for podcasts or little productions like ours. That's usually where my interests lie. So I like those guys because I think that's like unique. I don't like everyone doing the same thing. I don't care what your views are, what you have. If you go to my follows and you look, you'll see that. But I care that it doesn't look like the same whitewash shit as everybody else. So those guys are cool. You know, I've always wanted to do stuff like that, like a Ranma podcast and, you know, a Dragon Ball podcast. Not, not Z, but Dragon Ball or, yeah, remember that, Mason? I call cool. Stuff like that. You know, the harem animes were really cool. You know, Love Hina. You know, those were those were really great. Tenchi Muyo I've always wanted to do as well. Oh, yeah. Tenchi Muyo is my favorite when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously in Ayasha, if we're going to go with the same genre, but you know, all of those kind of things, even a few like hidden gems, I feel like, please save my earth. It's not the same genre, but it's, I, I feel like stuff like that from back in the day, for anyone who remembers those. But yeah, I like looking at, for little productions and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I agree with them. I digress. The Ronmo one half guy said that kind of stuff, the stickers and stuff is just trying to make another form of division. How do we don't have the division after the elections? Like it's just another thing to make you look at people different. And that doesn't really make any sense. It's another because- dumb thing for people to end in years long friendships over the whole point of you getting your thing is so that uh you don't have to worry about getting infected by anybody else so based on that logic once you have yours why do you care what anybody else does you're now immune right isn't that the whole logic here so that's the part that i'm confused about which we'll go into more with the wrestling we'll see how that correlates to wrestling and everything else uh, as we go on but first let's get into a little bit of interesting stuff that was happening here so as you know cameo is a thing i don't know why Maybe we should do a cameo where we just get somebody because we don't have to. We could have make them say stuff like you're you're listening to talk brunch if we want to. Right? It probably cost like a thousand dollars for that. Yeah, then it'd be the cool way to do it. Yeah. Because it, it depends on a person, the tier that you go for. Like if you go for like a big tier person, you're looking at hundreds of dollars. Fuck it. Like we'll get Griff Garrison. Be like you're listening to talk brunch live, <laughs> <laughs> right? What would be like forty bucks? Oh my damn, damn. There just buried Griff. Damn. At least forty five. Don't fuck with it. <laughs> Be like, we got Griff Garrison. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, my God. So Bret Hart did a cameo and they asked him in this cameo to answer what went wrong with uh, WCW. So he answers this person. It's a short cameo. I can only imagine where this is going. Hey, this is Brett the Hitman Hart, and I got a very special shout-out going out to Lee Oliver. And Lee, I wish I had some proper answers for you on what went wrong in WCW. All I can say is they were just really stupid. Eric Bischoff was a brainless idiot, and they didn't know what to do with Brett the Hitman Hart. They screwed up every single thing they ever did there, and I have very few good memories, which you probably know. Oh, uh, dude, I have to give him the slow. <laughs> yeah, he's like a he's like a Grand Slam champion. Is he the first guy to complain on every platform? Because I don't think anyone's yeah. used Cameo. I don't know if there's anyone that's used fucking Cameo. Cameo as a place. He has to be. Someone looked this up. He has to be the only motherfucker that has Grand Slam every platform this man has found. Even in these little, this is 30 second clips and he managed to get a fucking rip. He, oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> this Yo. dude, he is an artist. He used Cameo. I feel like if, feel like if you would have gave him 10 more seconds, he'd have mentioned Goldberg kicking him in the head. He has so much bitterness in him that he will use 30 seconds in cameo to get something in there. Any chance he gets. At this point, you got to admire it. I don't know what wrong. Maybe it was man wrong. He was just like, he had to. He was like, okay, this is my chance. I'm going to get pissed off right now. It looks like the cameo time ran out before he did. It probably, it sounds like it, right? (laughs) It sounds like he, he, he thought it was, you was just sure to get the whole thing out. That motherfucker got soprano at the end of his rant. He's probably still going right now. Soprano, you got you got <laughs> you, you got to get his cameos in parts so you can get the whole thing. In his mind, like whenever somebody asks him what went wrong in WCW, you know that that famous clip they have of him where like a kid goes Brad! and then like the camera pans in yeah. fast and he turns around. That's like how he sees every time somebody asks him on oh, WCW. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's fucking Brad, man. <laughs> He can't wait to answer. Oh my god! I want to go. I, I oh my god! I almost want to pay for one of his cameos just so I can hit, just so I can be like, hey, I didn't hear the rest of it. What was it? Right, great. So another another fire started because as somebody who listens to Bishop's podcast, I know it's gonna get back to him through Conrad or somebody. So we're gonna then now hear from Bishop's response to the cameo from Brett. And just for the hell of it, of course. Responds. That's a funny thing. Nobody. That's the thing. Everybody was part. Of course, Jr. Cornette. Everybody's gonna respond. So here we go. To be continued. Right. As a matter of fact, we haven't done one of those in a long time, have we? I kind of spoiled that you already know where it's going. Oh, shit. I feel like I should. Well, I'll show you. Hey, this is Brett the Hitman Hart, and I got a very special shout-out going out to Lee Oliver. And Lee, I wish I had some proper answers for you on what went wrong in WCW. All I can say is they were just really stupid. Eric Bischoff was a brainless idiot, and they didn't know what to do with Brett the Hitman Hart. They screwed up every single thing I ever did. Next week. I can't fucking believe you took me to continue him. That shit plays in my head. Every time I look on Twitter and I just see someone retweet something that I know they threw shade, I always in my head hear. You know. You know if you you did hard enough, you could find somebody out there who did that shit for when Goldberg kicked him in the head. 
Yeah. Like I know that our old our old colleagues and uh, and allegiances have nothing better to do than to listen to us. So the moment that I threw that shade on somebody that that I knew in person being a pussy, I immediately heard. Because <laughs> you know you'll hear from them, even though you don't give a flying fuck one way or the other for building landed on them. You know you're gonna hear from them. <laughs> All I'm saying is if we in the business of throwing shade, I'm gonna get mine in there. I'm still waiting for that challenge. But yeah. <laughs> what would they? What platform would it? Would they challenge you on? Cameo. That's a lot. Not a fucking consistent thing in years. Please. It will be for a handshake and half a hot dog. <laughs> I'm the same man. They got. I'm saying they they they, they got to split it. You know, they they got to step up that WrestleMania spread somehow. So a hot dog might do it. Oh my god, you're killing me. <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, I'm just gonna randomly pick programs here. Okay, or right. stuff off the program. We have one program. We'd be terrible if we had programs all over. Uh, should we talk about the new scheduling, the AEW news and stuff? Yeah, might as well get that out of the way because that is uh, going to be changing up very yes. soon. Actually, so there was big news involving AEW. It's probably the biggest news in regards to schedule changes and just the way things work overall. Tony Khan went on Busted Open and he announced it there first. Here's a little excerpt from them and I'll also have the bot link you guys to the entire podcast if you're interested in listening. So I have renegotiated our contract with TNT and TBS and we have made a great agreement and uh, I'm very excited about it. In 2020, first of all, we're launching a third hour of, of wrestling that I've talked about a lot. It'll be Friday nights at 10 p.m. Uh, it will be in addition to Dynamite on Wednesdays, 8 to 10. So we're launching a, thir- a show called Rampage. I'm really excited about it, and I wanted to do it for a long time, and it was part of our original extension over a year ago. So we're doing another show Friday nights, 10 p.m., called Rampage, and we'll continue doing Dynamite Wednesdays, 8 to 10. So very excited about Rampage at 10 on Friday nights. And actually, uh, in 2022, uh, and this is a great deal that, that they put together and uh, some very, very fair, uh, very, very fair financial considerations for us in this. We will be moving to TBS with both shows in 2022. Dynamite and Rampage in 2022 wow. will go to TBS. But we will not be leaving TNT. Because we're adding another great thing for the wrestling fans quarterly. And I'm not sure which night they'll be on. But, you know, in the past, there have been great Supercard specials for wrestling fans like Clash of the Champions or Saturday Night's Main Event, the Main Event, the Battle of the Belts. We're going to have our own Supercard series. And we're going to have quarterly Supercards still on TNT, which is another part of this great deal uh, that we worked out with Warner Media. So it's huge news with another show coming to Friday nights, 10 p.m., uh, it's a great time for wrestling fans. Friday night, there's a lot of people watching wrestling, frankly, and I think there's a lot of AEW fans. And 10 p.m. is a great time slot on TV for for the fans on Friday night for us to add another hour of programming. And both shows will be finding a great home on TBS, where there's actually better penetration, and TBS yes. is available in over a million more homes than TNT in America. So. That is a great part of the deal. There will be less sports preemptions because we're going to get time shifted here in 2021 a little bit for the NBA playoffs coming up. Mm -hmm. So we'll be experimenting with that Friday night 10 p.m. time slot here next week. We're on tonight. We're on Wednesday night on TNT, you know, as our usual slot. And we're going to continue with Dynamite Wednesday 8 to 10 
And things like this, you know, the NBA playoffs, time shifting won't be as much of an issue in the future when we're on TBS, which is another great thing about the deal. And uh, I really wanted to keep a presence on TNT. Tony Schiavone said something to me years ago that he's, you know, that it was a perspective on WCW. I'd never heard. You thought you hear everything, right, about WCW. It's been 20 years since it closed and over 20 years. And we're still talking about all these things and dissecting what happened with the business because it's really important, monumental thing. And Tony said, you know, for years we had a good business on TBS and we, we were people watched it. But really, when we got a show on TNT, then having two audiences, two huge networks, like it really helped push us forward. And we've had this great run of shows on TNT. And I think launching Rampage now is a headline for me because I'd like to launch another series that I've wanted to do. And we kind of previewed doing this second show, another hour long show for a long time. And it's finally going to be here in August. We're going to launch it August 13th uh, at 10 PM. So I'm I'm really pumped about that. And that's going to be great news. And both shows, uh, like I said, uh, we'll get more penetration in 2022, less time shifts because sports, and uh, it's a great deal for AEW. Uh, they were very fair with us because we really overperformed, I think, in many ways from what the initial expectations were yeah. for us. So, uh, you know, we've got a great relationship. And when uh, things have, you know, things, it's been a changing media company and, they, and they've acquired more media rights. And we're very fortunate to be one of the top performers for them. And so it's going to be, I think, a great situation <laughs> for them because when they, started working with the NHL, I think they realized this was going to lead to a lot of time shifting. And it's one thing to happen maybe four or five times a year during the NBA playoffs. But if there's going to be any more, it's going to be problem problem for the show. And we didn't want to have that. So uh, wow. it's going to be great. And now AEW presents Penetration. Man, you be. I was like, if you say penetration one more time, that's pretty good. I wasn't heard him say it the first time. I was like, oh, better word, Tony. Now with better penetration. I can't bring myself to write that down. Can't do it. You have to. I already wrote it down either way. <sighs> Fuck it. Yeah, okay. Now with better penetration. That's why I think wrestling's missing nowadays. Better penetration. I mean, better <laughs> penetration would explain why even Marie's back, right? Oh. <laughs> Why do oh. we not have that drop? <laughs> I can't believe he was using that word. I kept hearing, I kept cringing every time I heard it. So like, Ugh, better penetration. <laughs> what are you penetrating? Radiance, no. So, in summary, what this basically means, if there even is a summary of this, starting in August, they're going to have changes in regards to being over on a. Uh, well, first of all, they're going to have a new show. Instead of being on TNT, Dynamite's going to permanently move to TBS. So that's one of the big things. The only thing that's going to be on TNT is they're going to have four annual super shows. If anyone who's ever been a fan of TNA, if you guys remember, TNA used to do this thing. You guys will remember the big blue logo, the one night onlys that they did. It was literally oh, like yeah, one-off pay-per-views. They were almost not canon to what was going on at times. Yeah, they were always like a... different little themes. Like they had one, I think it was a wild card tournament where everybody just had a random partner. They had one for like old feuds from years ago. They had the knockouts one. I think the knockouts was the only regular one, I want to say. Right. So what we're going to have is four of these on TNT. 
That's how they're going to stay on TNT. Nothing else will be on there. Every season, you will get one of these special events from now on. You will get permanently on Wednesdays Dynamite, but it'll be on TBS because, like he said, you have the issue with uh, all of the different time changes and things. And just to give you an example of all of the time changes and everything that's going on here, this uh, this upcoming Dynamite won't be on Wednesday. They've already preempted it to be this upcoming Friday. And from now on, from what I'm hearing, if I heard correctly, whenever they're going to have a Sunday pay-per-view, the Dynamite will, instead of one Wednesday, it'll be on Friday. I don't know how to, that'll be affected because there's a few other things going on. But Rampage is going to be on at 10 p.m. on Friday, but pretty much following SmackDown. So anyone who still has a thirst for wrestling after that, uh, they're going to switch over and they're going to be able to watch Rampage after that. And they're going to be treating it apparently equal to Dynamite as far as quality goes. Even though it's just an extra hour, they're going to be treating it equal to Dynamite. Now, the reason why they're okay with this is because originally TNT wanted Tony Khan to produce a three-hour Dynamite, which he did not want to do. So the compromise here is they're getting their third hour, but they're putting it in a different time slot. So oh, giving uh, you a break, a little bit of a break before that third hour. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, but the reason why they're doing this mostly is because they're starting to realize that with the NBA and, and, and everything else that they have going on, there's going to be a lot of time that they're going to have to be gone and they're going to be on different time slots. Just to give you an example, we are in May right now. It is May 25th. And I can say that sometime in July, you will once again be able to watch Dynamite on a Wednesday. That's how much they're going to be preempted from the point that I'm talking to you right now going into the summer. That while they're on TNT, there are no time slots to my understanding of this report where they're on Wednesdays at all. You'll be seeing fireworks for 4th of July before you see a Dynamite on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. And we're in May. So just to put that into perspective, every week when I come on here, either I guess either they're going to be staying on the Friday or I'm going to be telling you every week where they are next because that time slot's not stable right now. There's a show in late June that's going to be on Saturday. I can confirm that. This week is going to be Friday at 10. Next week is Friday at 10. But we're hearing, according to Melser, that that could possibly change. It might be this week, Friday at 10, that's throwing late June, Saturday, and then this next week, we don't really know yet. So, uh, yeah, they're not going to have like a regular time slot until sometime in July. Yeah. So this is another crazy for a good month in some days. Yeah. So once they move to TBS, they're not going to have to worry about that. But for the time being, every week, it's anybody's ball game as far as where they're going. So, uh, I mean, for, I usually watch it over the weekend on demand no matter what. So that doesn't really change. And I usually watch the Fight TV version, not the TNT slash TBS anyway. So, I mean, nothing really changes for those people that fit in that category. It's only really the live demographic that that hits. But now there's a lot more impact anyway. You know, I mean, not impact, fucking Dynamite or AEW, whatever you want to call it. It all feels like the same shit. But either way, look at the amount of wrestling that you have. You have... Elevation coming on before Raw, bleeding into the beginning of Raw. Then you have uh, Dark on Tuesdays, which sometimes is two to two and a half hours. Then you get, and this is in the future, you're going to get Dynamite on Wednesdays. And then I guess you get Thursdays off, and then on Friday you get uh, Rampage? Yeah, and then you get Saturday and Sunday off, and then you're back on Monday. That's assuming that they don't have one of their annual specials going on, because let's not forget, on top of the four seasonal specials, they're going to have four seasonal pay-per-views. So that's eight special things if you count the 52 shows of the week 
It's 60 shows now, a year. There's 52 weeks in a year, but I can guarantee you 60 shows minimum because you have one dynamite, and that's not even counting all the elevations. That I mean, the, the number is actually crazy when you think about it. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of shit. Because if I was to just count, yeah, I don't even want to do the math here. It's ridiculous. It's in the hundreds. You have like almost 200 shows, if not more, a year if you were to count all of the darks and stuff because you're automatically given 60 just based on having the dynamites every week, having four pay-per-views and four seasonal specials equals 60 shows a year. You can add another 52. You can add another 52 to the fact that they have AEW Dark. And you know what? I don't know if you guys have paid attention, but sometimes when I come on here, especially before pay-per-views, there's times that I've had to say that there's an AEW Dark on Tuesday and then one on Saturday leading into their pay-per-view. So you can take the 52 regular Dynamites, the four pay-per-views, the four specials, where it's 60, then you can automatically add like another 52 Darks if they only did one a week, which they don't. There's four times I could think of that they've had another one. Now you count. I mean, at this point, like you're just watching wrestling all the fucking time. Overexposure, man. Overexposure. Oh. It's good for them. Cause I'm sure they're getting a lot of money, but like they're getting they're, they're in that situation now where like they're just producing a lot of content. Good lord. Like I and everybody's happy. And I got a minor headache. Sam Linsky, the the associate general manager, the senior vice president, of programming and operations of TBS TNT and True TV, is really happy about all of this. This is a big accomplishment. Everybody's shaking each other's hands. So, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> there's so much wrestling. Holy shit! Yeah, and it's all they're they're making moves for it. They're just making moves. Yeah, everybody making moves. I almost did it, and I had to stop myself. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I know where you were going. <laughs> I had to fight the urge. Like, don't do it. Don't fucking do it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that is one's on New Japan Strong. The other one we see them on Raw every once in a blue week, blue moon. Don't do it. And yeah, they're gonna be making a lot of money for this. Yeah, ton of money. You know, Melissa said that it's over ten million. Good God! Interests me out. Like when I hear numbers like that in my head, I'm like, yo, I would, I, I'll lose my mind if I get a thousand dollars. And they get ten million. And they kind of win. They double down here because they're going to be going. They're going to be reaching two demographics. They're going to be reaching the demographic of people on Fridays that are coming off of SmackDown that are aware of other wrestling that can switch over to AEW. And they're going to be reaching the demographic on Fridays that comes in too late for SmackDown on Fridays, but might be there early enough in time for some late night wrestling. So they'll be catching like the end of those late night going into midnight ratings. So they put themselves. Yeah. They, they, it was a strategic move here. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, when it comes down to it, like, it's not like how it is with Raw. Like, when you're coming out of a Raw, it's like, oh, my God, I can't wait to not deal with wrestling. Especially recently, a lot of times you come off a of SmackDown and you got a little bit more energy to still go. So it's like mm-hmm. they could literally just roll right into the next show, still being hype off of SmackDown. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, we're, they're making a lot of money, $10 million. You know, they're very happy about that. So that means that they're going to be able to make the shows more expensive. They're going to raise production. Tony Khan's already said that's going to be happening. And uh, despite rumors, this deal hasn't extended at all from the original deal. They're going to be making this move. But uh, according to PW Insider, uh, it's still going to December 2023, which is the original expiration date. So and I'm extended, just like adjusted. Right. Exactly. And of course, better penetration. Let's not forget that. (laughs) 
<laughs> now with now with better penetration or now with more oh better penetration God. i just feel like i just want to see that like in the contract like okay um channel switch third hour time slot better penetration and fine print yeah they're ready to penetrate you i love how you kept going back to it too Ugh. oh don't say that uh-uh. yeah it has to, there's definitely better words out there but even worse it could say face fucking so Exactly. All I'm saying, that face is a lot more peas than the fucking Tom Phillips in that one picture. Oh, it's yeah, you brought that day. way back. We talked about that shit. Yeah, you brought that way, way back. <laughs> okay, well, also, if we want to talk about people making money, that zombie shit that WWE did, did you hear that they made freaking seven figures for doing that? That's why they did it. Yeah, I didn't hear the exact they got number, paid. but I heard seven figures. And also, did you hear who one of the zombies was? Who? Scotty too hotty. Really? Yeah, apparently I've been hearing there's some noted names that, um, that some of those zombies were, but yeah, apparently Scotty was one of them. Yeah, that's crazy, man. They got paid for that. That's why that's the thing. They probably didn't care at all about it. They were like, whatever, they get some zombies out there, we won that money. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they had no interest. They probably didn't even research what it was. They just heard dollar signs. They were like, We don't really give a shit how this turns out. We just know that they're gonna freaking <laughs> they're gonna do it, so we getting paid. I don't give a shit if they like it or not. Yeah, unbelievable. So, uh, what else? What else do we got here? Oh, God. I'm not sure exactly what I'm stepping into with this one, but I'm going to step into it early. Oh, fuck. Going in blind. I'm not going in too blind. I'm just going in unknowledgeable, I guess. So, apparently, what happened is that uh, Demo Lovato... Oh, who Demi is that Lovato, again? Yeah. Demi Lovato. Okay. Who is that again? She is a musical artist. Okay. Fair enough. I yeah. felt, felt the name sound familiar. So she announced that she's non-binary. What the fuck does that mean? You don't believe in the Matrix? Oh my. Or you don't like computer programming? <laughs> oh my god. This motherfucker said don't believe in the Matrix. Oh, You read god. code differently like in cyberpunk? I don't know what the fuck's going on. Let me see what the hell... I'm non-binary. Anyway, so she's non-binary, blah, blah, blah. I'm just trying to read and play this again. So Road Dog got some heat because he, uh, wow, there's so much to this story. So apparently there was a Boston radio DJ, Maddie Seagal, co-host of the Maddie in the Morning show on WXKS FM radio, who walked off the show. And this is a show he's hosted since 1981 because they told me he couldn't joke about Demi's non-binary status. Oh, shit, does that mean I shouldn't either? This is a sexual thing, isn't it? So what it is... God, okay. it basically means you don't identify as a man or a woman. But why would I care? Why don't need you to? That, 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 that doesn't matter I to me, though. Even know. You know one has to announce that shit. It only matters to who you're fucking or not fucking. So why would that matter to me? Why would you need to make that fucking announcement? I'll never know. This goes back to the I'll... stickers. Who gives a shit? Isn't that such a weird thing to put out? Like, oh, you know, it's like that's like if I was almost like you know, I'm male. Why does anyone fucking care? It's weird. People just want to have accomplishments. They just want to hit, have bullet points. You know, it was really hard for me to do. Why? It's not. It's not information that I could. I could turn into anything. I mean, some people gotta get them Xbox gamer stores up somehow. Yeah, I guess I'll put more lot into my achievements than to a lot of the shit that people are putting to these kind of values. Where it's like, it's not my business what you are. No, I don't have an opinion one way or the other anymore. The world almost ended. Going back to the beginning of this shit, I don't give a fuck what you are. That's weird. Yeah, so, I have a llama. I don't give a shit. So after this guy walked out of this thing, Road Dog went on to say, good for him. We have to be bold and stand up against this circularism. And uh, he just make that word up. 
or secularism. Oh, okay. I guess that basically he's bigoting against people who are non-binary, which I didn't even know was possible. So he has heat because he it's very similar people are comparing it to that ref that we're going to go into later on the drake meff ref or whatever fuck his name was oh, that, that had the weird there's one of those beliefs where you know you have to have tolerance against binaries non-binaries alphas omegas ones and zeros or whatever the fuck they 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 are you know everybody i guess i just don't <laughs> see why anyone needs to has to announce this like I'm not, I'm not interested. I don't have an opinion one way or another. I'm not for or against. I'm going to give you a thumbs up or a thumbs. Up. That's not my opinion. I've said before, I'm a firm believer in free will. But will you please go to fuck over there and just not bother me with, with your useless information? <laughs> like yeah, he's fun. And I was just kind of like I'm not. And you know, and Road Dog, you know, shame on him for reacting one way or another. It's like we don't have to fight against anything. Just ignore. It. What does it matter? It doesn't actually affect your day. Like. Yeah, like no one should be take take a stance against things that matter, like gun violence or the crazy shit that's happening in New York. Don't take a stance against what somebody wants to be. I don't give a fuck what they want to be. I just care that they take the time to announce it, just to get attention and raise controversy. Like, just keep it to yourself. I don't mind. It's your business. I'm not interested. I'm not even vaguely fucking interested. So, yeah, I guess that's interesting. Be careful, Rodo. You don't want to wind up on the cutting room floor because of. The fact that you didn't believe or, or you, you put some difference or didn't understand whatever the hell's going on out there. Right. So in other news, Rob Van Dam spoke up against the disadvantages of having a wrestler's union. Did you hear about this? I have not. Oh, this is. Wow. Yeah, now I think about it. I haven't thought about that whole wrestler's union thing in a minute. Apparently, it's been reported that RVD thinks that John Oliver is an asshole. Uh Due okay. to the, you know, the whole thing, the unionization thing that happened here. And uh, somebody tweeted at RVD saying that Superstar should be in a union. And he said, I wonder if these geniuses realize that union members aren't allowed to work non-union. So if WWE is, is SAG and SSW at the rally fair is non-union, then wrestlers still couldn't work for them and vice versa. You know this, Marks. Where are the lines drawn? All my all indie companies equals union. I've paid my SAG and ATFRA dues for 30 years. That's a yes. Do you think they give us insurance before we earn it? They do not. It comes as you reach a high level of income. Before you say it, top level wrestlers can be covered any way they want. Okay, done with you. Wall. So you know what? I mean, I hate to say it, but just in one response that he kind of killed unionization of wrestling. He made a lot of points. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it would only affect people that have top tier pay grades anyway. And if you're in a union, then the indie people, all those indie companies are not part of the union. So that that would mean that a lot of these wrestlers would, based on the union, be restricted to where they could work anyway. Yeah, it does a lot more harm than it would good in that situation. Yeah, so now you guys have a little more insight into why the unionization might not work either way. Wait, so they get the marks out there, but they need the union. Like, did you just listen to what he just Not at least not for the ones that still want to work in the indies. Right. Like if you're if you're gonna stick like to the mainstream stuff, okay, but like if you still wanna work yeah, the indie circuit, mm, don't do it. Not gonna help you out. <laughs> well it wouldn't happen overnight anyway. Oh, that that would take a long time. So uh it's funny that you brought up Scotty Too Hottie because his tag team partner, Brian Christopher, has been in the news recently. Did you hear about the update to that situation with his death? Oh god, yeah, I heard um I believe it's going to be hitting trial sometime soon, right? It's like jury trial or something? Yes, the lawless case against, according to PW Insider, the lawless case against 
Hardman County, Tennessee, over the death of him will continue. And the lawsuits make its way to the jury trial scheduled for May 23rd. So that actually happened a couple of days ago. And uh, he has over a year to prepare for the trial. And uh, yeah, so we're going to be going forward to trial for the wrongful death, I'm assuming, because we always they still never really gave him concrete answers as to what happened. And it still seemed shady as far as that death. It's um, good to know there's some kind of progress being made towards it, though. Yeah, I was wondering what happened with that. So it's kind of funny to hear about it. Uh, Enzo Amore was at a SWE wrestling show and he took a DDT and was knocked out cold. This was this past Saturday. A DDT on the floor, to be specific. Yeah, I don't think there was any footage released of it, right? No, I haven't seen any footage of it. Yeah, I, I looked around. I didn't see anything. But Enzo did give an update. I'm out of the hospital now, but I'm sure you read the headlines. Enzo Amore. DDT'd on concrete at SWE Fury Show by Ivan Warsaw. Well, I would like to thank all the fans for their prayers. Pennies from heaven is what I call them. But if we're talking change, let me tell you something. If I had a dime for every time I got knocked out and didn't get back up, I would have... Oh, yeah, no, man. Zero dimes! The hell? Hmm. Well, Enzo's in good spirits. <laughs> is that the? Is, is this just me, or is that the same wig from when he snuck in the Survivor Series that one year? I don't know for sure. It it looks like it. <laughs> this whole thing is weird, right? Right. That's like a like that's the second time we talked we've talked about it getting knocked out. But the only difference is, unlike the first time, we didn't see it happen. Like, damn, son. Yeah, he has an affinity for getting knocked out. He has to start staying conscious for his matches. Have you seen the shape he's in now, though? Um, not really. Oh my god, the dude—he's huge. Yeah, they don't want well, on drug test. No, I'm kidding. Who knows? Oh. <laughs> There's no unionization or drug testing out in the Indies. But uh, you hear Mark Henry's gonna come for an in-ring return, right? Yeah, and he looks, from what I've heard, unrecognizable. He's still losing. He still has about twenty pounds to go from his goal. But uh, this is where he's up to now. For anybody who hasn't seen Mark Henry recently, he's dead ass serious about an in ring return. Yeah, he is not joking. So what you're seeing on the screen right now, he's got one twenty more pounds. Yo, so, he looks fantastic. So you're gonna see a very, very different Mark Henry going forward. Is this the slimmest we've ever seen him? I think, yeah, I think that's the smallest I've ever seen. You literally took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> That's crazy. I've been watching him, oh my God, since I think the first time I saw him was when uh, Teddy Long was managing him, when he first came back. I've never seen him that small. That's incredible. <laughs> he, he might have one more run left in him. Looking that damn good. Holy shit. Is he coming to WWE like that, or is he, is he man, like just on the indies? Or? I would think so. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't want him. Or wouldn't be trying to push to get him there. Look at that good. I can't imagine what he would look like 20 pounds lighter than this, though. You think he's going to look weird? Right. Like, like look at how thin he is there. 20 God, pounds God, smaller than that is small. Right. Holy shit. Look, you be careful. You might have another world title running you, motherfucker. You better be. Wow. His face is the greatest thing in this picture right now. Like, he. <laughs> 
He said he wants to. Re- says, yes, it's me, bitches. Like he, he always said, he regretted not returning to put somebody young over. So maybe that's what he's going to wind up doing. Yeah, keep a, a little bit of the future uh, intact. So it wouldn't it be a good move? I mean, yeah, I can see at it. At this point, he has nothing left that he really needs to do. So that's well, going to be interesting. Yeah, can't wait to see him. Holy shit! So in other news, there's more. Buff bag while I was getting him on the screen. I yeah, I literally I heard about this. Well, I heard a little bit of this right before we came on. About Buff being the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shoot, Buff go fuck around and get stuff to me. According to the Georgia Gazette, he was arrested on eleven misdemeanors. <laughs> That's the thing that stuck out to me. Eleven. How do you hit that number? Like I don't understand. That's like three and a half felonies because Holy that's what they fuck. that's what they do three misdemeanors equals one felony in the legal system so that's three felonies it doesn't even matter that they're minor things if you hit that number man it's no different than in gta if you just started punching people on the sidewalk eventually that shit is going to cost you like jeez Three and a half felonies. That's the equivalent of you take one step in the military base. Instant stars. Yeah, this is no good. So basically, let's see what uh, speeding, failure to yield when entering an intersection, giving false data to a law enforcement officer, hit and run, following too closely, reckless driving, driving with me- within the median, driving under the influence of drugs, duty upon striking a fixed object, driving on the wrong side of the road, and having an open container. Holy shit. It sounds like a GTA experience. Motherfucker, were you going for the high score? Like what? And I run, I run so far away. You wouldn't go to fucking Vice City, <laughs> wouldn't you? Oh. I just run. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. <laughs> Yo. And you know the bad part? The, like the fucking, oh my God. The Wanna fucking curiosity away? almost makes me wonder like what order they have in it. Because that's a, that's that's some out that's some shit I never hear happen to a person the same night, let alone all in the same go. Yeah, he he went high level, huh? He better say that somebody hacked him. <laughs> somebody hacked his car. Somebody hacked me. What part of you? I don't know. My phone, my car, everything. It was just all hacked. It's all gone. It was all hacked. I went to Pornhub. Looks <laughs> like I know it was oh. hacked. <laughs> it was hacked from top to bottom. I knew I shouldn't have gone online. Something was weird about it. <laughs> I knew something strange happened there. told me to go to this place called LimeWire. I don't know what happened. Wow. Oh, good luck, Buff. Damn, man. What an upbeat program this is. <laughs> right? We're not even to the best parts. Oh, I don't know. Are there any best parts? Uh, WWE. WWE. Here we go. They're back to touring, as you guys know. They're going to be doing a 25-city tour running through Labor Day. Fox Sports got news. I don't think they went as far as to name how many cities. Hmm? Yeah, they did. They're going <laughs> to be going on tour. <laughs> that sounds like when Kiss is about to go on a fucking tour. Which one of you motherfuckers are going to be here? 25 cities, 25 days. Tickets go on sale this Wednesday at 11 in the morning. And the first three events are going to be SmackDown, Money in the Bank, and Raw. These will all be in Texas. So, uh, yeah, you're going to get the Friday, July 16th, SmackDown at the Toyota Center in Houston. The Sunday, July 18th, Money in the Bank, 
from the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth. And then Monday, July 19th, the Raw American Airlines Center in Dallas. And uh, they haven't really announced the rest of them yet. Adam Pierce is the director of the house shows, the live events. He's already basically said that uh, they're scouting locations. And he asked the fans, where do you want us to come? And from what we're hearing, uh, according to PW Insider, they're eyeing markets where COVID-19 safety regulations aren't strict anymore. They don't want to go places where you got to put them through a lot of shit. Like, who wants to have to deal with all that damn testing and stuff, you know? That just gets in the way of wrestling. How are we going to get more of this quality product on the air if you're busy putting thermometers in people's asses? (laughs) We got time for that shit? Oh, my God. That brings us to the worst visual. Like, somebody gets poked right before they go out of goal position. Yeah, man. That's the reason why they keep Garza around. Oh, my God. If you can put a thermometer in your ass and kick it. He just stands in gorilla and kicks you. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but I did hear um earlier this morning, I did hear some details about that particular SmackDown. We're getting two returns on that one. Which one? We are getting on that first uh, SmackDown in Texas. I believe Edge and Sasha Banks are set to show up. And it'll be the first time we've seen either of them since WrestleMania. And what day is that? July 16th. I want to say that's a... Yeah, I think it should say that's a Friday. Right, but we saw like Edge and Sasha Banks a lot this year. Yeah, but we We haven't seen them since Mania. This is their first uh, time showing up since uh, WrestleMania. But Mania was in the end of April, only in the end of May. It's been barely a month. And when we got Edge, we got so much Edge that he was even on NXT. I know, right? Like, we couldn't have gotten more Edge than we did. There could be girls out there feuding on Evolve, and you would be hearing, on this day. Basically, <laughs> it was like, what the fuck? Like, sometimes you just ran, literally, you just randomly appear. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Oh, oh, my God. It's like fucking Pokemon. A wild edge has appeared. He was everywhere. Like, I think we had. It's weird when, when, when you said, guess who's returning? I immediately thought John Cena, just because I figured it would be someone who wasn't there, like, at all. I have heard they were trying. They've been trying to get him to come back, though. He's not coming back. But when you said he return, that's the only back. name who came to mind. You know. <laughs> so basically, they're saying that uh, they want to go to places where it's more relaxed. Southwest and Florida are the most likely places. Iowa and Pennsylvania are places that they're looking at. Places where you don't have to go through the trouble of being tested. You know, like who needs to deal with that shit, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. <laughs> And I remember that they were that, that, that they basically they, they basically dug their heels in and hung out in Florida because of the fact that uh, Ron DeSantis declared pro wrestling um, and all other entertainment industry essential services. And this was because or it correlated with the time um, because it was the day after Linda McMahon promised millions to the state through the Trump super PAC. So we kind of feel like that was the reason why they did it. And of course, let's not forget that DeSantis uh, needed to uh, have money. Let's be real about it. This is what funds the city. As much as people, no one was really able to propose another way to get the economy going. I'm not saying that that's the correct thing, but I'm just saying that the people that were in opposition of them opening things up, that are saying that this thing is still out there. When you ask, well, what the hell are we supposed to do? No one really knows. It's kind of like it's a tough spot to be in. So I really can't blame the guy. Uh, Batista apparently can, though. Because Batista uh, 
went on to post fact Trump used his social media to spread lies on numerous issues that cost people their lives. Governor Ron DeSantis, fuck you for not only enabling this, but also for defending and applauding it. You're a real piece of shit. So Batista uh, has made his opinion of the governor of Florida very, very apparent. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, unless somebody else has a better idea, <laughs> ain't really too much you can do in that situation. I mean, the economy has to run. You can't just shut everything down and expect it to run on its own. So, <laughs> it's not. it might not be ideal, but shit. <laughs> Until I mean, somebody I else think can think of a better move, I mean, that's all you can do. I don't think that there was any right or wrong answer, but Florida probably is more stable. You know, thanks to that. Yeah. But yeah, he was really vocal about it. Like, he really doesn't like DeSantis for that. So, it, again, the, the, I, I kind of feel like the, you were damned if you do, damned if you don't. People needed money and they needed uh, certain things working. And they did take precautions. No one really knew what the hell was going on. So, uh, yeah, crazy. Sometimes the things do might not necessarily be ideal, but hey. Yeah, but for anyone in Florida, if it functions better than the rest of the states, it's because they, they had that wrestle money. You know? Now, that being said, WWE has a new liability waiver that fans need to sign in order to come back to the stands. And it basically says, and I quote, in consideration for being permitted to attend WWE live events, which would include without limitation me voluntarily attending the event itself and other activities relating to or arising from the event and engagements in around the venue and other valuable consideration the receipt and adequacy of which is acknowledged by purchasing or possessing a ticket to the event and presentation of the ticket at the event for access i irrevocably accept an agreement to be bound by these terms and conditions and voluntarily enter into this liability waiver and release assumption of risk and in indemnity agreement. This release individually and on behalf of all persons attending with me under the tickets purchased hereby all references to quote unquote me or quote unquote I here under will be interpreted to mean me and all persons attending with me via this ticket purchase. And then in caps, this is where they go to caps. I have voluntarily agreed to attend this event. I understand and express acknowledge that attendance is potentially dangerous due to, among other things, risk of spreading or acquiring COVID-19 or similar infectious disease and other unanticipated and unexpected dangers may arise from my attendance at the event. I hereby assume all risk of loss, damage and or injury, including death to my person and their property associated with my attendance at this event, including whether caused by the negligent acts or omissions of the venue and World Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated, basically meaning even if they fuck up and it's because of them being negligent, I wave. That's what they're saying here. WWE and each of its parent subsidiary and affiliate companies and each of its officers, directors, shareholders, employees, independent contractors, agents or representatives collectively, the quote unquote released parties. I recognize and this is all still in fucking gaps. I recognize that the novel coronavirus COVID-19 has been declared a worldwide pandemic by the World Health Organization and that an inherent risk of exposure to COVID-19 or other related or very similar infectious disease collectively, quote unquote, COVID exists in any public place where people are present. I further 
further recognized that COVID is extremely contagious and can lead to severe illness and death and is believed to be spread mainly from person-to-person contact. As a result, federal, state, and local governments and health agencies recommend social distancing and have in many locations prohibited the congregation of groups of people. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, senior citizens and guests with underlying medical conditions are especially vulnerable they're still in caps i acknowledge that the venue has put in place preventative measures to reduce the spread of covid at the event and that i must follow all posted instructions and other verbal or written instructions while in attendance including but not limited to facial covering and social distancing guidelines where applicable however the released parties cannot guarantee that i will not become infected with covid by attending the event i voluntarily assume all risks related to exposure to covid by purchasing or possession of a ticket to the event i acknowledge that the contagious nature of covid and voluntarily assume the risk that i may be exposed exposed to or infected by COVID by attending the event and that such exposure or infection may result in personal injury, illness, permanent disability, and death. Let's not forget death. That's the most important one because all that will be left behind is my signature on this shit if that's the one that occurs. (laughs) Anyway, let's continue. I understand that the risk of becoming exposed to or infected by COVID at the event may result from the actions, omissions, or negligence of myself and others, including but not limited to performers, event employees, volunteers, and patrons and their families. I agree not to enter or come near the venue if I feel sick in any way. Still in caps. I fully and forever waive any and all claims, suits, actions, causes of actions, liabilities, losses, and demands against the released parties and fully and forever release discharge and covenant not to sue the released parties from any and all claims and any and all liability or responsibility for the loss, injury, illness, and or any other damage, including death. Let's not forget death. I may sustain in any manner arising from or related to the activity, including without limitation, any claims arising from or related to the negligent acts or omissions of the release parties or other event participants or attendees. Now they take the caps lock off because we're cool here. I hereby. Oh, wait, no, they don't. I hereby agree to indemnify. Defend and hold harmless the release parties from any and all claims, including attorney fees and costs and other expenses of every nature and character arising out of or related to my attendance at the event, including without limitation any claim by my successors in interest, heirs, executors, administrators, and assigns. I understand and agree that this release includes any claims based on the actions, omissions, or negligence of the release parties, whether a COVID infection occurs before, during, or after the event. Finally, they take the fucking caps lock off. I understand that this release is intended to be as broad and inclusive as is permitted by the laws of the state in which the event is being conducted, and that if any provision or part hereof is judicially declared invalid, void, or unenforceable. Each and every other provision or part thereof, nevertheless, will continue in full force and effect, and the unenforceable provision will be changed and interpreted so as best to accomplish the objectives and intent of such provision within the limits of applicable law. They're basically saying, this is amazing. I love these lawyers. They're basically saying that, because I like this part especially, that they want this to be within the laws that currently exist and that if any point something in life or in the laws change and this is called invalid 
that no matter what part of it is called invalid, that all of the other parts that are not invalid still count and they'll still be in full effect and that whatever parts are invalid, they're to be changed and interpreted with the updated versions, however it applies with the current existence of life and the laws there as, is what they're basically saying, paraphrasing and summarizing. So if any of this expires or changes or becomes outdated, update it. It automatically updated. As fucked up as that, that is, which to me is kind of messed up. The rule of construction that any ambiguities are to be resolved against the drafting party should not be employed in the interpretation of this release. Then we turn the caps lock back on to bring it home for this final paragraph. By voluntarily attending this event, I understand that I have given up substantial rights by agreeing to this release and have agreed to it freely and voluntarily without any inducement, assurance, or guarantee being made to me and intend my assent by purchase or possession of a ticket to to the to be a complete and unconditional release of all liability to the greatest extent allowed by the law. Good job. They want to make sure that no matter what happens to you, it has nothing to do with them. No matter how you die, even if you are someone even rematch and you get even if the popcorn guy throws acid on you by mistake because of his negligence of not remembering to put his acid away, that's on you. I'm kidding. Um, I don't think that he has acid. I just think that if he did. how yeah. the fuck? Yeah, I don't think they carry acid. I just think that if they did, they'd be covered. <clears throat> All of a sudden, they start carrying acid just for that reason. See, understand? See, he, he can't do shit. So they're ready. Whether or not yeah. you're ready as a fan will be seen. But they're sure as hell ready to have you. Ring of Honor also, they're ready for you to come back too. They probably don't have as big of a waiver for you to lie. They'll probably just copy and paste WWEs and just replace everywhere that says WWE <laughs> Ring of Honor. Yeah, I'll do the same thing for Talk Brunch. <laughs> you go into the chat room and die. We ain't gonna do nothing. <laughs> oh my god! Who's gonna write that? I have that one. I'll just copy it. July 11th, Best in the World pay per view. That's a couple of weeks away. This is gonna be the first live event. It's going to be in Baltimore, I believe. Yes, it's going to be limited capacity. It's going to be in, not even sure what arena this is. Uh, but they're going to have pods. You know how the pods works. Final health and safety policies will be provided two to three weeks before the event. I don't know how because we already, they already don't have that much time. It'll be two or three weeks. But either way, they're going to also be going back to having live fans. Everyone's going back to normal. The world as we know it is returning. I'm so happy. So uh, basically uh, on the other side of the map, New Japan sounds like they've been going through some shit lately. Yeah. What I'm hearing. They've they've been having a rough one. It's been a rough week for New Japan. Yeah, it almost seems like it hit them much later. But uh, Brian Alvarez was talking about it. And he said that... uh, Basically, there's a lot of the rules in regard to Japan talent leaving and coming back, quarantining, getting shows canceled. You know, so like you'd go home, but maybe you can't go home. You'd have to quarantine to come back. You could only go home, be home for a second. And uh, people are getting very frustrated because of that. And uh, Japan's not doing much in terms of vaccination and that they might be a little bit above 2% now. Um, apparently, Will Ospreay, as you know, is hurt and he had to relinquish his title. 
Kota Ibushi's hurt. Okada. It's not only is Okada hurt, but Okada is one of the people that tested positive recently. According to Tokyo Sports, uh, he tested positive. It was, it was about three weeks ago. It was May 4th. And uh, this is the reason why he wasn't at the Dontaku event. And that was the same thing for Minoru Suzuki, um, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, El Esperado, and Sho and Yo. All tested positive. Okada actually tested negative several times, but then he wound up getting a fever and then testing positive. And then he, went, he tried to train at home, but he got tired too easily. He lost a sense of taste. But then after that, he returned. So he recovered from that. So they went through like their own wave of shit going wrong there. Uh, and unfortunately, as a result of this, as I said, Will Ospreay had to vacate his title. Yeah, he is no longer IWGP champion. Yeah, no good, man. That really sucks. Yeah, so they're they're dealing with their own stuff right now. Hopefully, things get better for them over there. Because uh, yeah, it's been oh, pretty yeah, rough man, overall. That. You know. Uh, in a follow-up story, just so we can get it out of the way, apparently Sonya Deville's stalker, I guess they locked him away. They threw away the key. Mm-hmm. He will be in there for a good minute. Yeah, he's not released, and he's not going to re- receive his freedom unless it's ordered by the court. Can they do that? Like, they're just, they're just gone? I mean, apparently. <laughs> and she was given another extension on her injunction order against him. And, uh... Yeah, so I guess they're just going to keep his ass in there until they, maybe they can deem him mentally competent. He goes into an institution or something since he can't stand trial. You know, if he's, not, if he's not mentally competent to stand trial, they probably have to give him, put him into some sort of facility and try to fix him. No, whatever keeps him far away from her, any of them other girls works out. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I would have never expected that, though. You know? Definitely yeah. something else. I don't know. Good, good. Unless you don't have to worry about his crazy ass anymore. Exactly. That's one of the things you got to worry about now. Mm-hmm. Let's do a quick scan. Any other stories or important things coming up here? Because we do have to, uh, we still have to talk uh, releases and things also. Oh, God, yeah. That's like one of the major stories happening. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's get into the release pool, guys. Oh, Cause yeah, because been... there's more. Yeah, we've done so many release waves here. Um... I'm just looking because I want to pick an order in which we're going to talk about them individually. Yeah, I'm not going to do that one yet. Fuck that. That that dude has a gigantic statement. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know the one. You saw it? I this attempted, one. keyword attempted to read it. Couldn't do it. Yeah, it's almost, I think it might be longer Holy than the WWE shit. thing I just read. The WWE Ooh. thing wasn't even, even as bad. To be fair, out of everybody on this list, that person probably owes the biggest thing, but I just looked at the, the, the size of it, and that's probably going to be the longest thing we've ever read. But before we go to that, that's why I said fuck that for now. Let's start off with uh, WWE releasing Jessamyn Duke and Vanessa Bourne. What do you think of those releases? So, the Vanessa Bourne one, I can understand, because truth be told, after Aaliyah joined up with Robert Stone, we just haven't seen her. So it's almost, I actually forgot she was even still in NXT until they mentioned that. Now, the Jessamine Duke one, that one, I mean, it works out for her because she does get to go back to doing Twitch streaming. So, I mean, hey, that works out perfect for her. But it always kind of bothered me that when Shayna came up to the main roster, Duke and Shafir, who are two close friends of her, didn't and were basically her crew in NXT, didn't come up with her. And we just haven't seen her since. So it was just... It was one. I think she's one of those ones that unfortunately just got lost in the shuffle. But it's more irritating because she 
easily couldn't have. Like. But I also heard that she had an injury of some sort. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know she had been um, dealing with an injury, but I hadn't heard anything like of how long she was going to be out for. But I know I heard her mention before being injured at one point. Yeah, and also uh, Kavita Devi was released. That sounds like one of those girls made one of the lower girls, one of the lower girls in NXT. No, no, she was the first Indian to wrestle. Remember? Oh yeah, I remember now. Yeah, so they cut her loose. So much for that. Uh, yeah, that was really rough. But yeah, I'm looking here to see Jessamine Duke. They said that. Uh, yeah, they said that she was hurt, and uh, that was the main thing. We don't know what the the, the injury was, but oh, she's been out for a long time. At some point, she got hurt. Now she did release a statement here. Let me see if I could bring it up. She did this. She has her own channel where she streams. He said, right? Yeah, uh, I believe on both both Twitch on. I know I see her usually on YouTube, but I think she's on Twitch as well. Give me a minute, so I could bring it up on the program here. I already got the video. Yeah, she does quite a quite a wide variety of games. So. Okay. All right, here we go. So, quickly, this is really, this is, I just want everyone to know that as far as this stuff goes, nothing is changing. My stream, my channel, all of this stuff is going to be just the same. And I, it's, it's, listen, even if you say, let's say you've not been watching for a while and then you decide to watch today, it's going to be basically the same thing that I've been doing for the last two weeks playing Project Zomboid. All right, my stream is the same. But more importantly than that, I want you all to know up, up, down, down is still my home. And BRE start is not going anywhere. So everybody can relax, take a breath, sit back, enjoy, and know that tomorrow a brand new episode of BRE start will be premiering. That's not changing. All right. We still got BRE Fridays. We still got BRE content coming out our ears. We are happy um, to, and, and like, that is going, that is not going anywhere. Okay, that is not going anywhere. So I just want everyone to know that. So basically, what you guys have been watching me do for the last six months or so, it's exactly what I'm going to keep doing. And you guys have always shown me so much support. So I don't really worry about that. I, I know I have an immense amount of support. It is It is damn near overwhelming at times okay and i do appreciate it but i i do want people to know like it is overwhelming so i don't want anyone to feel as though i didn't uh, appreciate it if i didn't respond or i didn't say something because i knew i was going to be streaming today and this is my preferred medium of communication with you guys so this is just me saying this now i appreciate you guys thank you all nothing is changing it's all good up up down down is my home they got my back we are in this together we are family so you guys are good to go. So I just want everyone to know that. All right. I want everyone to know that. So- oh, there you hear it. Oh. Yeah, ain't nothing changing. So. Yeah, she's she doing really good as far as that goes. Xavier Woods elaborated on that a little bit. Uh, he released two tweets, one on the 19th and one on the 20th. One of them, he, he said that up, up, down, just so so everyone understands, up, up, down, down is a group effort. It isn't just me. There are so many talented, incredible people involved who give me, you, their time because they are kind and want to show everyone the people they really are. That's my family. And then the following one, for those who have asked, up, up, down, down is owned by WWE and always has been. Hence why we are allowed to stream on that platform. Unfortunately, at this point in time, we are not allowed to be on Twitch, but hopefully we are given permission at some point. Hope that clears it up. So Up Up Down Down has never been his channel. It's been a channel that they, that's been theirs and he streamed for them. 
and they're still letting Jessamine Duke be on that channel, so apparently she's just not wrestling. Right. Uh, I know she's been I know she's been game streaming for a long, long time. At least at the earliest, I don't want to say at least twenty seventeen. Probably long before that though. Mm-hmm. Now as far as Vanessa Bourne goes, I don't really feel like we saw enough of her to really mourn her demise. Nah. The most she really got rolling was when she did uh when she was tagging with Aaliyah. But even then that didn't last very long. Yeah, I barely even remember that. And I, she was just, I wonder... see, before that, she was just one of the girls who they just sent her out there to get beat. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it came as a surprise, I'm sure, to her, too. You know, but it doesn't seem like anybody was spared from this. Uh, that being said, we do have, she did release something here. So I'm going to put that on and you tell me what your thoughts are on it. Hello, friends, family, fans. Today, I got the call that I will no longer be a WWE superstar, which came as quite a shock to me considering all of the work I've done these past 18 months. First, I want to thank the WWE for the opportunity these past five years. It's been a fun ride. I also want to give a huge shout out to all of the people and fans who have supported me throughout my wrestling career, your kind words never went unnoticed. To all of the haters and Twitter trolls, I wanna thank you guys as well. You really motivated me and lit a fire within me. Just kidding. You people fucking suck. Be nice. It shouldn't be that hard to be a decent human being to someone you don't even know. I'm really excited for this next chapter of my life and really excited to just be able to fully express myself. There are so many do's and don'ts and faux pas in the wrestling business and I feel like I finally don't have to worry about what Captain Insano said in 2007 or if another one of my visionary ideas is going to be given to someone else. I can just be myself. I have no hard feelings, no animosity, just a lot of good energy and love. I feel good walking into this next chapter and I hope you are all there to witness it. Oh, and one other thing that I am disappointed that I didn't get the chance to do in the WWE, and that's Russell Zombies. Shucks. Shade thrown, huh? Damn. It's funny, it's funny to hear somebody in 2021 say the word shucks, but yeah. <laughs> Damn. I, I guess she doesn't really appreciate the advertising and the value that went into this, and she doesn't understand from a business standpoint that, uh, just how effective that would have been for her specifically someone who's trying to get her name out there to get deeper penetration you know i can't fucking believe <laughs> at least that's what tony tony Khan was saying, right oh my gotta, God. gotta make sure that vanessa born gets some deeper penetration now that she's gone oh, somebody's gonna sound clip that and then send it to her like fucking all right cool <laughs> my God. I'm, I'm glad that she I'm, I'm glad that she she spoke up though you know and uh no one ever sounds like they're 
miserable leaving there and i'm glad that she said that people suck because they fucking do and she she didn't try to kiss ass about it she was really cool yeah and you're right like this is one of the this is one of those places like when somebody gets released you never hear them well i mean except for a few cases never really sound they're broken up and if they do not for long nope not for long at all so can't blame them there it's it's more of that old oh, crap. What am I gonna do next? Devastation. Not that. Oh, I got fired from WWE. Like no. Well, I saw an Instagram photo recently where uh, Tessa Blanchard was training with a bunch of students, and one of them happened to be Vanessa Bourne. Yeah. So, without saying a lot, that says a lot. Right. So, I'm be connected in some kind of way. We're gonna see her somewhere down the road. So we're also hearing that uh. There was a people were shocked at this one dude that got released. His name is E.J. Duca. He'd been with the company for about 20, 20 months. His name was Ezra, Ezra Judge, Ezra Judge, Uh, a.k.a. E.J. Duca. And people were shocked about this. He built the company for 20 months. He was going to be like a Lex Luger. I don't even know what the hell they're talking about here. He was a high-level professional bodybuilder. He won national championships in bodybuilding. Six foot six. Build a six foot eight. 285 pounds. 42 inch legit vertical jump. Was from the NFL. Combine. Whatever. So that guy got released too. I'm surprised out of all of them. That's the one. Someone who we've never seen on TV. <laughs> right. He tweeted, I may be down but never out. Bent but not distorted. The grind continues. I didn't come this far just to come this far. Until next time, thank you all. Love you all. I'll be back. So, that's another guy. Like back? I didn't know you were here. Alexander Wolf, which we're going to get into his the end of his storyline on NXT. Later on, we do the weeklies. But Alexander Wolf is another guy that got cut loose. And that sucks, man, because I just finished telling you how invested I was in that story, how they made it interesting with the entire uh, freaking... His history with Killian Dane. And sanity and all of that. I thought that we were going somewhere cool with that. And they're going to finally do something with this guy, but they just decided budget cuts and they just cut him loose. And once again, with the timing, it's like, uh, what? He already changed his name on social media to Axel the Axeman Tisher. Uh, he tweeted out, just for the record, my WWE contract will expire on June 15th. That means I'm a free agent on June 16th. I have a lot in my head right now. So let's keep it short. Thank you, WWE for six years bye bye and uh so he did an interview with sports one it was in german but it was translated and he said i got a call from ww on wednesday and was told that my contract was not extended it wasn't officially a dismissal because my contract expires on june 15th from then on i'm no longer a wrestler for the for world wrestling entertainment strangely it hit me less hard than i expected i'm quite relaxed and happy i don't feel like i'm pitying myself first of all i'm generally a positive person secondly i can look back on six wonderful years at ww were great and unique experiences thirdly i have a plan b for a long time which i am now tackling and i also have little time to complain about it because i have to organize a big move within four weeks move furniture cancel subscriptions all the bells and whistles it goes on and on and i'm in good spirits that i can now apply everything i've learned elsewhere where it is just as appreciated maybe even more and then uh, he said that the reason i was given was the pandemic time 
that savings are still necessary due to the global event restrictions. Well, that's better than no reason at all. But ultimately, you know, WWE makes so much money that no firing is really mandatory. But it is what it is. The machine continues to run and parts are replaced. I see that's the business. I can say so much. I'm proud of what I have achieved. I know I could have achieved more. But in a league like WWE, you don't have everything in your own hands. You have to control what you can control. I don't think I can blame myself in that regard. So uh, that's pretty much where he is as far as that goes. He also said, uh, he tweeted out saying, I have a lot of wrestling gear that I want to sell in the near future. And in parentheses, put Imperium. DM if you are interested. So I guess he's selling his Imperium stuff. Yeah, not like you're going to need it anymore. No. So do you think that this was a waste? Yeah. Once again, I mean, the guy, former NXT tag team champion, even say what you want about Sanity, he was one of the guys who always stood out, whether it be their entrance, the way he wrestled. I remember when he first joined Imperium, it was kind of surprising because it was such a drastic change up from his sanity character. But yeah, the guy's always been a talent. Like he, I feel like there could have been a lot more done with him, especially like when we get into NXT. I don't like the timing of when he got released because once again, it's just like, are you putting these parts and these angles just to send them out the door? But yeah, yeah like yeah, right, finally we did something. That's a guy, that's a guy you easily could have kept around. Yeah, we're going to get into that later. Finally, they have some potential, and they just decided, ah, let's just scrub it, you know? Right. You've already seen that this guy can be quite well. And now you have an angle that longtime NXT people are going to be extremely invested in. Because I don't know about you, but until that moment, I hadn't even thought about it. And it's like, oh, shit, yeah, they used to be insanity together. Yeah, no, I thought about it. when it was first happening, it didn't register, but then I got invested. That was something cool that it, they could have so kept going. Because I, I didn't think about it. I was like, wait, they haven't been on the same show together since Sanity. So yeah, it's not even it. like they've been ships in the ocean and just happen to keep missing each other. They literally had not been on the same television show since that, since, since Sanity split up. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they, he did do an English interview. He did it with Inside the Ropes. Uh, it's a really long interview, but he does talk a bit about his departure. I'm going to play an excerpt from that and link you guys with the button on social media to the entire thing if you want to hear it. WWE didn't release me, and I, it was not my choice. It was not my choice. If I had the choice, I probably would, would stay with WWE because it's the biggest company. And again, it's very comfortable to work for WWE because you make a lot of money with doing nothing. And uh, it depends how you. I still went to the performance center and used uh, the, um, you know, the facility as a tool for for my for my own like uh, brand. But um, yeah, WWE told me, hey, we, we will not release you, but you know, your contract is up in June fifteenth. Though we will let you run out the contract, and then on June sixteenth you're off to go, which I really appreciate because I kind of got the thirty day no complete uh, no compete clause. Uh, but not really. So they gave me the heads up four weeks ahead. Uh, I have a lot of work to do now. Just, uh, just you know, get rid of all like the household and then just move back to Germany. Um, and then yeah, it, it's okay. But like fair enough, I have to say. Uh, even if a lot of people just spitting venom right now and say yeah, FWWE and everything. So they always take care of the talents. And they are even like fair enough because they know I will go back to Germany because I need to because of visa uh, reason. They they pay for my flight back. You know they they are very kind in uh, communicating with me just to, 
for example, because of moving reasons, I ask him to pay me out completely out of the contract that I not get still the weekly salary. And they're cool with that. They even like ask me if I want to have it. So it's, it's like you can be negative about WWE as, 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 you know, as much as you want. But even like me being pissed off about like the reason they, they, um, they, they let me go. I have to say fair play to them because they always took care of me and they've always been very kind and very professional. Yeah, it's like, I don't like the situation, but you've went about this. Yeah, so he doesn't sound, you know, he sounds cool about it, you know. That was the most professional I've heard somebody deal with it. Yeah. It's actually also the first time I've heard him just like straight talk. I think the last yeah. time I heard him like actually talk talk, he was still insane to get back. I was like, oh. Mm hmm. So, uh. Best of luck to him. Yeah, best of luck for sure. Also, according to Sean Rossap, uh, they said that uh, Jake Clemens was released today as well. If you guys don't remember, Jake Clemens was Seth Rollins' heel referee that he had at one point when he was doing his little cult angle. I think I remember the one you're talking about. Yeah, he had a heel ref that was with him and Austin Theory and uh, when he went and uh, fucking what's his name, Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the guy you're talking about now. Yeah, that guy got released too. While we're just listing releases, we're working our way up to across all these releases here. And also, according to PW Insider, WWE released Skylar Story, formerly known as Ava Story. She was with Evolve, then she wound up on NXT. She was apparently a friend of Shotzi Blackheart because Shotzi Blackheart tweeted out, and she because her name used to be Brandy Lauren. She said last week I helped Brandy Lauren move into her brand new apartment, and not even a week later she had to move out and is leaving Orlando. So that's God, what happened that to Brandy sucks. Lauren. Yeah, that is that is they they are completely freaking relentless with this, you know. Uh let me see what else. Just making sure. I mean, it's kind of like Alexander Wolf did say. Like, it's not like they need to release all these people. That's, I think, where all the frustration comes into is because, like, they're not needed. Yeah. Now, as far as this, moving on to this guy, as far as this referee, did we report last week? Was he already fired last week, the ref? Um, I don't even remember. I believe he was. Did we report him being fired? I think he, he was. I think it was clear that he was going to be on the way out if he wasn't already fired. Okay, I feel like we already knew. If we didn't know last week, the writing was already on the wall. So we get more details this week in regards to uh, him being uh fired and just some things that might have led up to it according to fightful select they were saying that uh he was furious during triple h's speech about black lives matter um that in the middle of the speech he started grabbing his shit like visibly angrily grabbing his shit and storming out of the room and that apparently when religions were mentioned his attitude changed and he became aggressive and shit and uh basically there were a couple of instances reported where minorities that were in NXT got offended by the way he worded things. And apparently, ironically, one of the situations involved that guy, that EJ Duca person, where um felt like he needed to get physical with this ref. And there were apparently numerous times when talent, specifically people of color, went to NXT higher-ups and they complained about this guy. So, uh, they said that... Uh, WWE had to warn him about attending events without a mask on while not being vaccinated. And then uh, he was warned about attempts for political plays. He tried to put himself over backstage to attain certain roles within the company. He'd been trying to position himself with certain roles within the company, getting heat onto others. Uh, He made people uncomfortable. There were no fewer than 10 superstars at a time that didn't feel comfortable or safe around him. 
he also would shit on you if he found that you got vaccinated or if you got flu shots. Uh, they said that after a while, his responsibilities with NXT started to diminish. So, uh, you know, he already told... <laughs> yeah, he, he's been a piece of work. <laughs> and that's being kind about it. That it got to a point where, uh, according to Wrestling Observer, there were some people that didn't want to get in the ring with him because he refused to get vaccinated. Um, and uh, they, when they were putting together new rings, and um, he didn't want to wear a mask. When, when, and there were COVID outbreaks a few days later. Um, so, yeah. Well, my whole thing is, if this is just my opinion, just based on logic. If, if you're vaccinated and you're refusing to be around someone who isn't vaccinated, I thought the whole point of you being vaccinated was so you could be protected from people who aren't vaccinated. So why do you care who isn't vaccinated anymore? I'm not saying you shouldn't get or should get. I'm just saying based on logic, if you're telling me here, take this and then you're not, you're, you're, you're not harmful anymore. Then why do I care if somebody around me gets near me? Aren't I supposed to fucking be protected? Am I wrong? And that's the way things work or no? No, no, you're right. <laughs> like I'm protected now. Like if me and you were in a live studio, right? And then I, you decided you didn't want it. And I decided I wanted it. And I got pissed at you and was like, well, if you don't get it, dude, you're going to have to start going on the Skype. It doesn't make any sense, though, because whether you're infected or not, I'm protected. You know what I mean? Wouldn't there be... Why yeah. It's so strange that they have you take something, but then the concern is people around you not taking it. Why would that be a concern? You should be completely unaffected by that because you are now protected, and now it's up to the people not taking it. It's their choice. So I'm not quite understanding. This is, again, not me. This is not a criticism. It's just strange, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like filling the gaps on that one, I guess. They feel he's not helping and stopping of the spread. Yeah, I guess in that case, like, they're not necessarily thinking of themselves. I guess they're thinking of other people who aren't vaccinated yet. The only thing I guess I could think it could be. And we're going to stop it with him, right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of different... It's not like this, where this world's always had anti-vaxxers in it, and we've managed to survive. And it's not like we've ever exterminated any disease, have we? All diseases seem to come back after a while. They're acting like we're going to fucking kill this thing. I'm not saying, again... I'm not going one way or the other. I'm just saying that if you are protected, if you believe in, whether or not you believe in the subjective, but let's just say I group you into the category of people that strongly believe that this thing protects you, then why do you give a fuck about other people around you? Like, oh, I don't want to be near him. He, he doesn't have it. But you do. I'm not defending this guy. I'm just saying that, and I'm saying in general, if you're protected and someone around you goes, I'm not going to take that shit, you'd be like, oh, well, more for me. I'm protected. Nah, nah. <laughs> you know, like, who goes, well, I don't want to be around you. You might get me sick. No, you're protected. You're protected. What do you mean I might get you sick? You're protected, remember? I guess we forget. How soon we forget? That should, that's like a big plot hole, though. That's like Mortal Kombat 2021 big. I almost feel like that would just stack onto the fact that the guy's fucking crazy. But I wouldn't let him rough my matches because he's nuts. But if I'm right. protected because I believe in my, my, my dosage or my vaccine or whatever, no, I'm going to go out there. It almost feels like it's more the fact that he's crazy. And it's like, hey, let's tack on the vaccine thing, too. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. Just tack it on. I, I don't blame them for that because clearly he's crazy and I don't agree with his right. views or anything here, but I'm just saying that, that he, he, I'm, I'm going to... if I'm sounds like somebody I, I wouldn't want to be in the ring with him because there would be a ref bump every time he ref my match. Well, yeah. I mean, a ref bump would borrow the angle? Nah. And apparently, apparently, at one point when people were wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts, uh, he was one of the All Lives Matter people publicly, which pissed a lot of people off. That was a surefire way to piss people off, so... It's weird how he just, whether or not you agree with him or not, this guy just automatically ticked every single choice that'll give you heat 
sequentially. It wasn't even like he was just certain things. It was like, who? How can I just fucking, fucking piss off everybody? How can I make sure that everybody wants my fucking ass gone across the globe? And he did. It was just weird. It's almost like, geez, bro, you, you. It's not even like like I've I've had people that have disagreed with vaccines or people that disagree with masks or, you know, but it's not not it's very rare you come across someone who's just anti everything. Motherfucker probably plays Fallout seventy six willingly. <laughs> I like that's the last bar. You know, it's, it's so wildly off to the side. I was like, fuck it, he probably does. Motherfucker probably about that about that hundred dollars subscription service and everything. He's like, it fucking works. Like, and according to PW Insider, he started um, contacting places, reaching out because he was looking for work, because he's ready to go back out into the world and be a, a referee. Let's not forget, for anyone whose memory doesn't go that far back, to this Drake Wurwitz guy, his name was Drake Younger, which is what he went back to, and he can always go right back where he came from, CZW. I don't even think they take him at this point. I'm pretty sure their standards are way too high for that little crazy. You may be right. Motherfucker, we, yeah, we freaking stick each other with needles and smash light tubes over here, but you, sir, are fucked. Yeah. TZW may definitely. Our man is what your fucking excuse. But you know what place might take him? Take down trafficking. A special benefit event for bikers against trafficking. Low Key and Matt Morgan also will be at this event. It's for quote unquote a great cause, because let's not forget. He's completely obsessed with the mask and the kitty diddlers and all that other stuff correlating. So this is money going to an organization. um, going Basically, it's Operation Underground Railroad, which is an organization that claims to use these funds to fight against child trafficking. So uh, they're going to have railroad volunteers there. Uh, And by the way, he was a wrestler, the the Drake Younger guy in CZW before a ref over here. So he's going to be having a match at this. He's not going to be refing, But uh, this is the kind of crowd where he'll be considered a huge baby face there. It's being reported because obviously they're part of the <laughs> takedown trafficking thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> this asshole a baby face. Oh, that's got to be lovely. Okay, maybe let me make Matt Morgan the world champion. Weird shit apparently happens here. And yes, they said, I said it was going to get weird, but I forgot about this motherfucker. I hate this episode. Jesus Christ. We're not done with releases yet, though. Let's get this fucking takedown trafficking thing off the screen. Right, Good what the Lord. Fuck? What is fucking happening? The world needs to end again. Can, we get a, can I have seconds? Second impact. Let's go. Velveteen Dream was released. <laughs> no. He's been released. Now, uh... I don't know how much backstory do we give of this. You guys basically know the story, the rumors and everything. But basically, Brian Alvarez was saying that uh, WWE clearly believes he didn't do anything in regards to those Me Too allegations or whatever that was. They said that there were behavioral problems with him and Triple H. He didn't go into a lot of detail, but uh, Triple H said that it was the result of a car accident, which we told you guys about on here months ago. And he said he doesn't know, but he does know that if you follow the career of the on-screen career of Velveteen, there were times he was featured, then he would vanish for a period of time, and it happened all the time. The impression that he was given is that he regularly vanished for extended periods of time due to outside-of-the-ring issues. So, we did hear them citing his attitude being one of the problems, 
And uh, apparently there was concern among people that he was going to become a performance center coach because people didn't want to have to deal with him in that capacity. And uh, there was a guy whose name came up, Rob Schamberger. Uh, And that was a guy who uh, apparently he does a bunch of WWE paintings for the company. They said that uh, his name may not ring a bell, but for fans who see his art, they'll remember him immediately. He does WWE paintings or what? He he sells them at auctions and on their official store. Um, He didn't say Velveteen Dream's name, but uh, at the time of Velveteen Dream's release, he just tweeted out saying... He was the single most unprofessional person I've encountered in the business. I hope this is the wake-up call he needs to start doing the emotional work to become a better person, all told. This is allegedly his account of a Velveteen Dream. Uh, Alvarez, also on Wrestling Observer, was saying that he had friends very, very high up. And... uh, there were issues that some people didn't feel comfortable going to management about because he was close with management and that he heard that the behavior issues when he went to NXT, he heard that there were issues when he went to other places, whether it be Evolve or whatever, there were, there was a lot going on. So that's the cited more as the reason why they dealt with him. And apparently it didn't have anything to do with the allegations or whatever, which apparently they, Triple H even investigated and said that there was no proof of any of this, you know. So pretty much they released him for stuff they could actually prove happened. Not just stuff the internet doesn't want to fucking let go. Yeah, I guess. You know, very unfortunate is what it is. Yeah, it sucks. And uh, basically he released this statement. This long ass statement. Bringing it up on screen here. He says the allegations from April 20th, 2020. Do you find it funny that this happened to him on 4 20, 2020? Anyway. Ain't that a bitch? I didn't even think about Oh my, my God. <laughs> but the allegations from 4 20, 2020 have effectively derailed any upward momentum I had professionally and has ultimately resulted in my termination with WWE. My name is Patrick Clark and. Not the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream is a character that I've spent years developing and trying to bring to life. The success of the Dream character relied heavily on kayfabe. My ability to blur Patrick Hark from Tough Enough with this over-the-top personality. The character was conceptualized the day Prince passed, April 21st, uh, 2016. Uh, I knew nothing about him at the time. But my thinking was that I could use the interpretation of Prince to create an on-screen personality vastly different from who I am as a person. Q Velveteen Dream, a sexually ambiguous, gender-fluid, gender self-absorbed diva. And as I learned more about Prince, I began to tame certain aspects of the character. Aspects that I deemed way too over-the-top and inconsistent with who Prince was as a performer. Now, before I unpack... I will say I've enjoyed the many stories I've been able to share on camera, and I'm grateful to many people who trusted me with their safety and wellness. Thank you to any and everybody who enjoyed and allowed me to be my character, whether you paid a ticket or walked up to me in Walmart. My goal was to provide you with the same escape that I was offered when I first started watching. My job was to play a character and to help advance storylines and drama for the fans who care to tune in. I take any job I have seriously, which is why I remain silent about these allegations. To me, addressing rumors would be working against an already compromised ability to sell a character I've invested in so heavily. After I've been accused, I was given the opportunity to be in a storyline that lasted a few months, and I worked in a few segments unrelated to the story arc, but now I feel comfortable in this position to share with you the details of my accusations. The 
night of April 20th, from my verified Instagram account, I posted a story to my followers letting them know that my DMs had been open. I received a few different messages ranging from support to heckling and some inquiring about how to get started in pro wrestling. I responded to a few, but not all. And of the few I responded to, one account accused me of solicitation. The account belonged to a 17-year-old aspiring wrestler, Jacob, before he deleted it. In the conversation, Jacob shared his interest in working as a wrestler one day and asked what steps would be required. I messaged a short list of things he should consider if he was serious. Physique and promo to start. Physique because as an independent contractor, no one is going to make you train and eat in a way that creates the aesthetic of a believable pro wrestler. And promo because our job is to sell drama and you can't rely on someone flipping channels to stop to watch a choreographed fight. You're more likely to grab their attention looking into a camera with a strong and an impassioned 30 second monologue. I also inquired about which schools he was closest to in relation to wrestling training, his weight, his height. Jacob explained how anxious he felt messaging me and asked me to verify that it was really me i did find it strange because i had a blue check but as a lifelong fan i remember meeting greets and the days i would message wrestlers hoping to be seen so i chalked it up to innocence and sent a voice message in in my velveteen dream voice asked to keep kayfabe the full voice message has me asking jacob about his height weight where he trained and what school he attended while jacob answered back with a voice message i continued to answer his questions until i politely wrapped it up I wrapped up the conversation. April 21st, I woke up to notifications and tags of creative screenshots and videos of a conversation that I didn't have with Jacob. I immediately contacted WWE's talent relations and social media departments as to begin an investigation. Even after the investigation, WWE released a statement maintaining my innocence. The part that hurt for me was having a personal picture that I've used in my personal life on apps being used to label me as a predator. I'm in no way of the word a predator. This is the first and only time I've been accused of any solicitation to anyone. Until I was accused of grooming by Joshua Fuller, unlike Jacob, I know Josh. I met Josh after my stint on Tough Enough in 2015 at a meet and greet. And we developed a friendship through mutual trainers at GXW. Josh shared to Twitter screenshots of the first time we communicated through text in 2016. An autographed picture from when we met and an extremely contradictory story. Josh alleged that I made him feel uncomfortable, but contradicts himself twice by saying that I was never sexual towards him. For those willing to research Josh's tweet accusing me, Josh's messages are in blue and mine are in gray. Josh claimed that he was a 16-year-old high school graduate and that he takes quote-unquote yearly trips with his friends to Orlando, Florida. I doubted what he told me, yet I kept the replies diplomatic and professional the reality of the situation is that i was very helpful and respectful to josh josh lives with his grandparents in rural southern maryland josh got a concussion in 2017 and against my advice insisted on wrestling my worry came from josh severely injuring himself specifically his brain i suggest he take time off from training to see a doctor he declined because he believed he could work through the concussion and i cut all communication with him in 2018 because i didn't want to be partially responsible he had worsened his injury so to have him accuse me of predatory behavior because i chose not to help was spiteful josh and jacob are two of many that i've helped yet these are the only two who have uh, found me to be malicious and predatory and how i go about helping others what wasn't shared at the time josh fuller reached out to jacob over social media before josh put out his own accusation when this came out josh fuller temporarily deleted his twitter account which is important because in all the social media confusion, Josh Fuller is the only one who suggested that an investigation had not been done and that he had not been contacted. Jacob deleted his social media after he was outed for being a member of an anti-black group chat. 
there's a public forum, WWE LPSG Stars, where people are buying and selling and sharing explicit photos and, and videos of multiple wrestlers, and no one has done anything to have this site taken down. All in all, this entire experience defamed my character and ultimately accomplished what it sought out to do, and that was to see me released. My hope is that over time, people can put two and two together and realize that all of the allegations surrounding me were baseless and untrue from jump. I felt strongly about not needing to defend myself on social media for a while now, but I understand the audience I work for and those who know know me deserve clarity. I'm thankful for the opportunities afforded to me and the memories I have as a receipt. God has always had me, and he always will. Dream is officially over, but Patrick Clark lives to fight another day. So there is his long statement in regards to everything after he finally breaks his silence. What are your thoughts? I mean, I've always kind of, I love the one thing that that he said that stands out to me, the fact that when the guy makes an accusation, all of a sudden he deletes his social media. I've always just kind of looked at that. That's always been kind of a shady move to me. It's like, why do you delete everything right then? But, yeah, like, they investigated everything virtually from the get-go. And they kind of made it clear, it's like, there's really no proof that anything happened. It is kind of interesting to hear, though, like, when somebody who has a concussion wants to keep wrestling, and then you decide, okay, I'm going to break contact, so then if something happens, he can't say, I pushed him to it. And then right after that, oh, now he was a predator? Like... It definitely does sound like something just to try to spite somebody. So it's like, I, I, a lot of what he said makes sense. There's definitely um, more than meets the eye here, you know? Yeah. I don't know one way or the other, but it sounds legit. And we played the soundbite months ago in here. It was literally just him going, what school do you go to? Like, that was the all right. they had, like, three seconds. Like, if you, when you have more than that, if there was something incriminating, when you have, like, that whole thing of him asking you the questions, how seductive like or anything, question. it was literally a drop where everyone, what school do you go to? And that was it. Like, that was such an isolated thing. I'm not buying that shit. Like, out of everything, that's all you had as solid evidence. And then everything all that he's the, saying. All the stuff was just so particular and, like, picked out. You don't hear anything before or after it. And then hearing it from Triple H himself saying that, they, that they've looked and they found nothing. I don't think he'd say that or put himself in that situation if that's what it was. I genuinely believe that it had nothing to do with that and that this was just other issues uh, with the guy, you know? Like the behavioral stuff, we've heard that before off and on. So that, that's probably not, that's not a much of a shock. But just to hear it from him now, it just kind of reinforced what I thought from the get-go. And it's just like, it's just full of shit. Like, it's become unfortunate, but a lot of the times we talk about this with wrestlers, so far, I can't remember the last time it ever came out as legit, or at least ever since we've been doing this shit. So it's unfortunate that it's like, we hear, we, I hear, I, we'll, I'll hear a story about this pop up, and I'm instantly waiting to hear when it's bullshit. Because so far, it's batting a fucking thousand. Like, I don't know when it became the thing of, oh, this person did something that upset me, I'm gonna call him a predator. Because newsflash, when when the shit, when the truth comes out and it does, that makes you look like the biggest piece of shit. And I guarantee right now, Velveteen, like Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream could find a, another place to wrestle long before people start thinking you're a piece of shit for that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, it's uh, this goes back to the beginning of the show where I went on my little rant in the beginning about the cancel culture and just how people are so quick without even putting together facts or letting the legal system even take any part. On one hand, they'll let the legal system take part when it comes to voting and legislation and shit like that. But here they don't trust it enough and they just want to cancel people preemptively through their own social media grievances. 
it's well, it, it's fucking nuts. It, it is fucking nuts. I'll never understand it. Like, <laughs> and it's a shame because he was very promising. Yeah, very promising individual that we had here. But what are you gonna do, right? Yeah. Good luck to Patrick Clark wherever he goes next. Where do you see him going next? Who do you see? I mean, obviously not AEW. They're not gonna take no, that. No. Um, you know how they are. Hmm. I could see him manage to be a star, possibly in ROH, because I've always felt like if I've ever looked at two wrestlers from two different companies and seen the similarities, it's always been him and the Dalton Castle. So I could see him fitting in with that group there. Hmm. And I mean, he'd be able to kind of he might they might change the name, but I, I mean, he'd be able to probably be that character and then a little bit more extra. So. Yeah, maybe a nice very true. Well, maybe I'm when when I'm with MLW getting this deal on Vice. Maybe he shows up there too. Yeah, that's definitely possible. But I think that AEW is in a position where they're going to take him. They're not going to take Joey Ryan. They're they're just distancing themselves from anybody who they have accusations with. You know, I don't mind. I'm just pouring the rest of my bang into ice. Oh no, you're good. (laughs) But yeah, there is the the world's an oyster for that guy. He's absolutely fantastically talented. I remember we always used to joke before that sometimes the favorite part of a takeover would be to see what his entrance was like. But um, <laughs> Quest Thompson on Facebook said that he'll tag with his old tag team partner, Leo Rush. He could. Because Leo has been all over the place lately. Yeah, that I mean, could be a possibility. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll definitely see. But I'm really sick of it. It's not I'm, I'm, Whether you agree or disagree or accuse or allege, I would rather not pull the trigger on just canceling fucking everything and then finding out later on. You know? As it is, Earth that, was that, almost that, canceled. You know, let's not forget. That's what happened with Enzo. Everybody was so quick going to cancel Enzo. Next thing you know, came out, shit, wasn't, shit didn't even happen. Yeah, it's just weird. It's a weird world that we live in right now. So after all of this started happening, some rumors started to break that the next to go was going to be Keith Lee, who's someone who we haven't seen in a very, very long time. Some months. And they've been very, very quiet in regards to what the hell's happening with Keith Lee. Uh... He tweeted out, he said, to the people offering uplifting words, know that I appreciate you greatly. And worry not, when I say hashtag I am limitless, I mean it. I will try to find a way to explain everything in the most efficient way possible. Give me a little more time. I don't even know what the fuck to make of that. Like, what's happening? Did, did, did he even know what to make of that? What he had to, I mean, it's just like, hey, give me time and I guess I'll let you know what's been going on. I, I don't even know. I have no idea. But me and Yim also chimed in a little bit more aggressively than he did. And uh, people started inquiring through her. And she said, it's no one's business. Please be patient. Let it be. Speculate. Doesn't make fans entitled to our medical personal business. It's no one's business. So, again, you tell me what the fuck's going on here. All the while, they done pushed her SmackDown debut back twice. So... It's super quiet about whatever that has to do with. He knows what the fuck is going on either. Really weird. Also, guys, just a quick reminder. Don't forget that uh, we're going to be doing the AEW voting poll for the upcoming pay-per-view this upcoming Sunday. Anyway, all these releases because of budget cuts. Yet, according to Fightful Select, WWE recently had tryouts because they're in the process of hiring people from the people who have appeared on AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation. Tyson Maddox, uh, Ray Jazz, I'm not going to know any people, Brady Pierce, um, Will Allday, I don't know any of them, Ariel Levy, John Schuyler, uh, 
EJ Risk, um, David Ali, Wheeler, Utah, um, Nate Carter. These aren't necessarily AW people, though. Jake Logan, Jason Cade, Romeo Quevedo, Alexander James, Patrick Scott, Tony Vega, Idris Abraham, Joshua Dawkins, Robert Fuchs, and Rayo. So they have a whole full list of people that are at trial right now. Some from AEW, yeah, Dark Elevation, and the Indies. Sometimes with this company, I just want to be like, yo, if you go lie to me, at least try. I tried not to hate this program as I put it together. So I, I can tell by story two that shit wouldn't go happen. Yeah, it's like, what is a mess? Sad ass week, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, now let's talk injuries. Who done I broke know, right? when, where, and why? Yeah, tell me about it. I was actually wondering, so her timing couldn't be better. I was wondering what the hell happened to this first person. But uh, Noel Foley recently released a post stating, I've kept this to myself for quite some time because I honestly didn't want to talk about it. But in February, I was clinically diagnosed with a rare hearing disorder known as hyperacusis hyperacusis is when you have an extremely low tolerance for noise and most sounds are physically painful my hyperacusis was brought on me by my concussion in september of 2019 and it was mild in the beginning but unfortunately has gotten worse over time i've had several horrible setbacks in my recovery due to sounds making it feel like my full recovery is light years away if any of you are living with any uh with, with hyperacusis you know darn well that it's an extremely debilitating condition to live with it's recently been severely affecting my everyday life from grocery shopping driving restaurants and even being around people including my family i don't share too much of my struggles here on social media but between my post-concussion syndrome and my hyperacusis it's been a real struggle both physically and mentally on top of my hyperacusis i also struggle with tendinitis uh phonophobia and misophonia so there are a lot there's a lot going on in these little ears of mine well technically my brain because that's where it all stems from but on one positive note i'm officially part of a clinical study for hyperacusis and intervention so i'm hoping this will not only help me but help develop a successful treatment for others struggling with debilitating hyperacusis for now i just need to stay positive and be patient thanks for listening uh feels good to get that off my chest Oh, that explains why we haven't seen her like she strives to be a wrestler. I guess if you get concussed bad enough, it fucks with your hearing in some ways. Yeah. And she got the worst have, of it there. It can have different complications. So. Oh, wonderful. Oh, that sucks. Phoenix is also injured. Is this a legit injury? He's off that, the pay-per-view. Much, I don't know. They, they say he's off the paper because of injuries. They're from a re- recent match in Mexico. We don't know what they are. There's no word on how long he'll be out. So, no crazy Phoenix bumps for a while. Yeah. Usually Phoenix doesn't stay gone long, though, when he's hurt. So, probably be back soon. Yeah, you mentioned it briefly last week, I believe, but The Miz also injured. Uh, he Ooh, tore yeah, his, this one was He t- tore his ACL. Um, It could be seven, eight, or nine months off at 40 years old. It's not great. So, we're going to have to see where that's going to leave him when he comes back. That's a guy who's really never injured. I think it's the first major injury he's had. Yeah, and it got was during the zombie bullshit. Yeah, some shit. Like. Yeah. All right. Anyway, is that it for for us before we get into the weeklies? I don't think there's really anything else that I think needs to be reported here. No, well, we're good. We can get into the uh, the ongoings hey. of the weekly stuff that's been happening around here. We're gonna get into the polls. So we're gonna start off first with NXT episode four fifty five. We had a singles match. 
Zoe Stark versus Tony Storm. Yeah, in this match, Tony got her win back with I don't even know what the fuck that was. She hit her with. It was like some weird like the only way I can describe this is like it looked like a weird like reverse corkscrew DDT or some shit. The angle that they gave you was also odd, you know. Yeah, the angle did not do that any favors. So it's it's difficult for me to determine what it was as well. But whatever that is, how about she just use that from now on? Because she really wipes the floor with your ass when she hits that. Right. So anyone who hasn't she- seen it, here here it is on the screen. Does Tony Storm have left in the tank at this point? Storm now trying to refocus. And oh! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's brutal, man. Wait. Oh. Yeah, play that one more time. That was awful looking. Yeah, like, what did she do there, man? That move looks like it, it sucked. Yeah, no, she's not playing around when she hits you with that. Like, that is brutality at its worst. She's questioning her abilities. What on earth? What on earth does Tony Storm have left in the tank at this point? Storm now trying to refocus. And oh! Yeah, don't mess with her. Yeah, yes, breaking out a new finish. I mean, at this point, the Storm Zero has become quite easy to scout, so you got to mix it up sometimes. Yeah, that speaking was, uh, of. Quite I quite mix up. Good job. I did like the Storm Zero reversed, I believe, into this Hurricane Rana here. She's done it time and time again, and she really needs it tonight. Stark could have been looking for a half and half suplex, and now Storm could be looking for that Storm Driver up counter. Oh, oh my word. Close with the way that they had to pull that off, but still managed to look good. Right. Um, I did also like the false finish with the Storm Zero. That does make Zoe look strong, even though she didn't get to go over. Um. Just getting getting a false finish on a move like that. And this was a nasty Storm Zero. Look at how she applies this one. Looking for that opening. Instead, Storm, German suplex, follows up. Storm Zero that time. Storm gets out of it. Into the cover. And oh! Very cool false finish there. Yeah, I thought that that was really cool. Before, so. Mm-hmm. So again, I've only noticed... Maybe it's just me. I seem to like false finishes more when I know the person's already beaten them before. Yeah, it's definitely more effective that way. Because, like, you know that three can happen, and it's like, oh, shit, not this time. But, no, ladies did good. Mm-hmm, good match there. like Tony's definitely uh, picking some moment, some momentum back up after being basically in a slump for a little while. Mm-hmm. We also get freaking Candace and Indy Spa Days. Don't ask me why we're doing this shit. Oh, this this was funny. The lines felt a little bit more fed to them than usual. Like, the other stuff came off more natural. Like, this feels really old. The acting was miserable. Champions. Yeah. We deserve uh, this. Title. It turns out that Dexter Loomis is here listening, right? The, 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 the whole theme is. Just like you were about Dexter Loomis. I mean, all he ever does is pop up wherever I am and stare at me. gets offended by that and he leaves and stuff but then later on what winds up happening is uh candace's card her credit card gets declined for an overcharge and it's because then when they start naming the purchases it has to do with uh the fact that the flowers that were purchased and she realizes she puts two and two together and realizes that candace is actually one that ordered the flowers to uh to loomis and not and not freaking whatever that whole shit you you guys know the story already 
I love how I love how have you heard the fucking name she has for them now? What? Fucking Indy calls them index. Oh yeah, no, no, uh, I mentioned that. Freaking Did you? Beth Phoenix Beth Phoenix invented that about a month ago. Oh yeah, that was Beth. Okay. Yeah, she called them she, you know she, was? she's the one who called them index. Said. Yeah. She was like, I'm really for this, guys. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm all for Index. And they were like, Index. And today she was like, yes, <laughs> I told you. She said, she, she, she was like, I told you guys, Index lives. <laughs> yeah, she came up with that a while ago. <laughs> so, yeah, it, yeah. it's, it's going to be back. Unbelievable. Uh, Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes has a match against Jake Atlas. Against good old Jake Atlas. And I have to say, I like the match. This was so good. This was probably the best Jake Atlas match I think I've seen. Yeah, I want to bring up something here. Let me see if I can get this going. Uh, yeah, here we go. Look at this springboard arm drag that he does here. I thought this was really cool. Sharp elbow from Cameron Grimes. But as we saw before the commercial break, I mean, wait, is Cameron Grimes need to forget about Teddy? Jake Atlas is solid here. I watch this. I'm sure he would. That was was yeah, kid could work. You know? And then the top rope Hurricane Roddy here also looks very solid. Watch this, look. Like his rotation that he gets, you know? Very solid, very solid looking guy. What I like about the way he did that too, he doesn't just jump with it. He almost kind of steps into the Hurricane Roddy. Mm-hmm, yeah. He's I don't big know enough what too. it is about when I see people do that. It almost seems to come off a lot more fluid. Mm-hmm, yeah, it really does. It almost looks like he's using one leg to aim himself and the other one then they, then they connect. But yeah, this this kid did absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And then just when you, you're getting into the match, you're enjoying it, and Cameron Grimes is about to freaking bring it home, what freaking happens? Wait just a second. We said he was here. The Million Dollar Man. Has- I should have the Million Dollar Man out here. Like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> You have Ted DiBiase show up. And of course, it distracts Cameron Drives. Ah, curse you, Ted DiBiase. You got him again. Oh, my God. <laughs> he looks, yeah, like we said last week, though, Ted looks good. It looks great. And we're hearing reports that the company is planning to bring back the million dollar belt. Oh, my God. I missed that belt. Last that time so was with, kid had it, but no, that, yeah, I was about to say last time he saw was Ted DiBiase Jr. They said that apparently it was being oh, reported that this is supposed to be like a comparison of old money versus this whole Bitcoin money and cryptocurrency. It's like, a, it, you know, basically the comparison of unsophisticated people becoming millionaires overnight versus a million dollar man representing old wealth, like 1980s wealth. So that's the angle that they're going with, supposedly. I don't know where that analytics comes from, but you can take it as what you want with that. Finally, we get the departure of Alexander Wolf and the end of his storyline. Alexander Wolf, of course, with the other members of Imperium, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel against Killian Dane, being accompanied by his tag team partner, Drake Maverick. And uh, the finish to this was, I believe, Wolf with a, with a German and then Bartel goes to uh, slide Wolf a chair, which he doesn't need because he hates capitalizing. He hits this German suplex with the offense. Um, and that actually distracts him. Dane winds up hitting him with a crossbody. Uh, when he does decide to finally take the chair, and it basically causes him to lose. It was really yeah, more their fault than anyone else's. He doesn't want to hit his friend, basically. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I could get that up on the screen for you you guys there. It's a German suplex. Dane taking his eye off Wolf for just long enough That's there it. for Wolf to capitalize. Okay, so he slides in the chair after that German. 
See, it's their fault, really. So he grabs the chair. This guy has the crossbody, and that wraps it up. And that's it. So he loses right up there. Yeah, and they basically, as we clearly see, they basically throw Alexander Wolf out of Imperium. Yep, they sure do. It's so hard to take this segment seriously with fucking that is when I'm beating the hell out of him. And that's it. That is how Wolf is pretty much taken care of here. So, he's one of the guys that was released, and this is how they end his storyline. They jump him out of Imperium, no longer part of the team. So. What's funny about this, I'm actually going to keep it running for a minute. Look at how fast they gloss over this. They couldn't be, they couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there. They don't even stay with this betrayal for a minute. Look how fast they're out. They're AEW out. Look at this. Right. Whoosh. Out of sight and out of mind. Next up, other shit that's not this. You see how fast that shit was? They don't care at all. They're completely uninvested. Tag team match, Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa against Legado del Fantasma, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza. With the finish being the Grizzly Young Veterans wind up costing them the match. Those bastards, you can't trust them. You kept messing with their grizzledness, and they finally had enough of that shit, you see? Focus on one team at a time. Can't mess with all these teams at the same time. They're going to start fucking with you guys back. You know, that was the mistake that they made. They got too cocky, made too many enemies at once. It's a known thing. Anyway. Grizzly Young Veterans wind up costing these guys the match, which is uh, quite unfortunate. Mendoza is Even legal you know. while charging in, and this is textbook Legato del Fantasma. Mendoza moves on off the bottom rope into the cover. Thatcher not having that. Mendoza does not want to get out of the ring despite the rules. Come on, referee. That's a disqualification. Are you serious? Legato's been doing that this entire match. Oh, well, Mendoza... Right back in on Champ after knocking Thatcher off the apron. And now it's two on one. And this could be the finishing nail in the coffin of the matchup. But Thatcher on the outside. Once again, illegal involvement. Well, yeah, somewhere on that a grizzle guy show up. I promise you, I'm not making it up. Well, I lied to you. But yeah, they really screw them over in that. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be interesting to see where this feud goes. I can't wait to see them. I can't wait to see them go at it, though. Mm-hmm. All right, listen, we go. it's going to be a fun tag team match. Come on! It's Thatcher! Dump to the outside! Yeah, they wind up dump, dumping Champ on the outside of the apron while the ref is distracted, and then these guys get to go over. So it's pretty much open and shut case. Um, so, yeah, hard times there. Uh, the only other notable thing about this is Champa bust open uh, Mendoza with a hard forearm. Right. You know, I had to go back to figure out exactly what caused it. I did it before they even hit the replay and figured it out. But essentially right here, it's some really hard bust him open. He's busted open pretty much for the duration of this match after here. Obviously, he's not going to heal up. But catch it right here. Boom. That's what he caught him from there on. He's bleeding throughout this match. So that was the only thing of any note. Uh, what else? you saw in the back? Holy shit. Yeah. The only other things that happened, Saray had a match against Aaliyah. She basically kills her. Not really much of a highlight here. The whole and thing was a highlight reel. Kick through the ropes and then yeah. that modified Saito. All the stuff that we, we uh, 
play on here constantly. Tag team match, Ari Davari and Tony Nese against Hit Rose, Ashante Adonis, and Top Dollar being accompanied by B-Fab and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Finished as being, uh, what I don't remember what the fuck the finish was, honestly. I don't know if we had a name for uh, dollar hit with a fireman's carry suplex, basically. Yeah, I guess it doesn't really have a name. Top Dollar is really something else, though. He does look really solid in there. You know, I give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, there's one point where he throws both of those guys. That shit them both, was crazy. Where he has them both, like, in a carry. And he just freaking... Yeah, he has, like, one know. in, like, a fireman's carry. Oh, one in almost, like, a world strongest slam Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting. What is that? I think that's niece on top. I wasn't expecting him to go flying forward like that. Yeah, good selling there. Like I didn't know what was going to happen, but that I did not expect. Mm Hmm. Main event of NXT is uh, the North American title steel cage match. Johnny Gargano being accompanied by Austin Theory defending his championship against Bronson Reed. Yep, and the finish, as uh, Wade Barrett put it, tsunami. Yeah, first a backsplash and then the... North um, North American champion. Mm -hmm. First a backsplash and then the tsunami. That's got to suck taking it. It's like I said last week, that has to suck when you see him jump off that top rope and know you don't get the move. Mm-hmm. I did like Gargano's moonsault here. I'm going to bring it up on the screen. Uh, trying to chop down Bronson Reed. Yeah, trying several tactics in the early game. Goes of this, one. this is what you would expect. Attempting the climb. Knew he wasn't going to make it. Don't have to see Gargano hit moonsaults, too. So. Yeah, definitely. The unique dub, double team that he did from the outside with Theory. What a way to use the outside of the cage. I don't even know if I can verbally describe it to you guys. You know what I'm talking about, right? Where it's like he bumps him from the opposite side of the cage. You know, I'm going to bring it up on the screen so that you guys can see. Look at this. Boom! (laughs) What assholes. You know. Yeah, I've kind of seen people do like stuff like that before they use the fact of the cage has a little bit of give to it. Mm hmm. Uh, What else? What else did I like? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me go bring this up real quick. Bear well, with me. The same spot. Was uh, sun, there was a beautiful power bomb spot in this match. The sunset bomb, yeah, right here. Beautiful. Was the challenger bouncing the face of Bronson Reed. Beautiful. Look at that. No, it's the sunset bomb, guys. Got it right. Anyway, uh also there was a not too far after that there was that poison Rana counter that I really dug. There's something about seeing big men get hit with poison runs that just scares me every time. Because it looks gravity defining. Right. You know? <laughs> it looks like it shouldn't be able to happen. Yeah, pretty much. Craziness. Are you supposed to be that big going backwards like that? No, no, you're really not. But uh yeah, overall that's it. That is the end of Gargano's run, huh? Yeah, he actually got a run this time, which was good. Yeah. Damn, finally broke that damn Gargano curse. Cause I swear to God, I was tired of watching him lose, win titles just to lose him in the first defense. Are you okay with Bronson Reed being the one that takes it? Yeah, I think it was definitely earned. I mean, the guy, like we said, we've talked about him weeks on a row. The guy works his ass off. He's one of the, he's, especially in NXT, he's one 
my favorite big guys, I think, right now. And mm-hmm. I, mean, I believe he's the first Aussie to win that belt in um, NXT so far. But yeah, I think the guy, I think the guy definitely more than earned it. So it's going to be really, really cool um, to see where this run goes. It's kind of funny when he hit the tsunami, it kind of made me realize one of my favorite moments whenever you see somebody get their first championship run. If you look closely, when he hits the tsunami, he's crying before the ref even starts to count. And I like that that works because that works from a kayfabe and a non-kayfabe standpoint. Kayfabe in the sense of like, I know I have it. And then non-kayfabe in the sense of, holy shit, I'm about to get my first fucking championship. Yeah, he so does always, look really I, it's emotional. It's really cool. And it's one of the, probably the, one of the few times I've noticed it, but it was really cool to see that because he deserved it. So after this was over, Bronson Reed stayed in the ring and he shared a moment with, I believe, his wife and with the NXT yeah, that was universe. Thank you, everyone that's here. Thank you. That's all of you fans that come here and always support us, guys. <laughs> to the people at the commentary desk, thank you. To everyone at the back, thank you. Everyone that believed in me to get to where I am today. But most of all, <laughs> thank you to my wife, Paige. It's hard being a wife of a pro wrestler, especially the past 14 years when I had zero dollars in the bank. She supported me, and this is the reason why now I'm living my dream, and I am the new North American champion! The colossal era of NXT has begun. nice that they let him share a moment with her oh yeah 14 years a long ass time to be working for that shit everybody needs you a ride or die the page is the goddamn ride or die yeah definitely they do a really good job with uh with this at least and yeah gargano couldn't keep it forever yeah and i mean this is when it comes to championships it's the best run he's had in nxt so at a certain point it was like and he it's kind of funny he reached that point kind of early where it was just like he could lose at almost any moment Mm-hmm. All right, I did like his. His was one of the most comedic runs, though. You know, one of the oh most entertaining gosh, runs. Funny. That's for sure. Still, the best, the best, <laughs> the best fucking thing was when uh, Loomis kidnapped Theory, and he didn't notice it until he got to the ring. That's still <laughs> yeah. my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that was something else. Okay, we're gonna move on to Impact, George. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. We are moving around to Impact. We really will. I didn't, I'm not going to troll him like that and say it and not actually do it. We, we will move on to Impact, George. This is happening. Yeah. Did you see Impact at all? <laughs> nope. Can't really? bring myself to watch that shit anymore, I'm telling you. Like, the fucking, fucking weeklies are painful. Damn, he's no-selling your Impact, man. Sorry I mean, about that. I, I, I wrote, George, I rode with it as hard as I possibly could, but couldn't do it anymore. When somebody I got won't... shot in the middle of a wedding, I was like, nope, I tapped. I won't always do it, but when I got the time and when this shit worth mentioning, I will bring attention to it. Um, so 
if I had to name things that made up for it for the pay-per-view, you did get more of your P.D. Williams fix during this impact. Uh, thankfully. Who is the, who's the guy he's wrestling against? Uh, the MSK guy, I believe, is it? Or, uh, or VSK? Oh, it's somebody named VSK. Yeah, so that's what he's doing. The match itself is re- very solid. I mean, P.D. Williams is, is, is great, you know? So obviously you got a lot of highlights and, and cool stuff coming out of him. You know, I give a lot of credit for that. Uh, see, look at that. Look at that beautiful Hurricane Rana. They did that slingshot Hurricane Rana to the outside there. Oh, really yeah, that's, solid. God, that's a, a P.E. Williams maze, name stay mood right yeah, there. Yeah, he, he looks as good as ever. ever. You know, he even this guy. He bad. That's the thing. Like, you know, that so guy with the slingshot DDT. Um, the elbow looks solid here. You know, this guy is also pretty decent. You know, this match was the first thing worth bringing up. I'm not bringing up everything in Impact. Everything before this was shit. They had a girl thing that was shit. They had a few things that were shit in this. This was solid, though. You know, this is something where if you're just looking for, like, good, all-American, wholesome wrestling, as you can see on this highlight reel, there were a lot of moments that uh, this match really had. Obviously, the pacing was a little bit slower. These are simply highlights. But, yeah, to just give you an overall idea of some of the higher work rate of stuff happening in Impact Wrestling for anybody who's really interested in stuff like that. See, PD looked great, man. You know, this is the stuff that they need to bring in pay-per-view. See, he reversed into an arm drag. You know, he reverses that backbreaker into a freaking Russian leg sweep. You know, Get rid of the ball. Give me more PD. I might start watching again. Yeah, we don't need a fucking decaying ball. You know, that that was a nice freaking Irish curse there. Oh, if I want to go see that, I'll freaking shoot a bullet in somebody's farm. Like, fuck. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like, overall, this is the stuff that they need to keep doing. Nice pop-up power bomb, And, of course, you get the Canadian Destroyer at the end. It wouldn't be a Petey William match oh God, <clears> without a freaking Canadian Holy Destroyer. Shit. You know? It's a miracle. That's what we want out of Petey Williams. I might watching Impact again. They had let him hit the fucking Destroyer. Don't let him fool you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Uh... Rich Swan gives a promo. One of the highlights of the promo isn't Rich Swan, though. I'll just let it run here real quick. Just give you a quick idea. <laughs> Name for yourself. Be uplifting. You come in and try to destroy it. When you pick my... Oh! oh. <laughs> well. He kicked him off screen. That's been just a great thing. That's been a great moment to have the captions on for. Well, when the... He kicked him. He kicked him so hard that if this was Pac-Man logic, he'd have came back out on the right side. <laughs> kicked him off the no, left of the screen. Come on, now. come on, man! You, you gotta hit him more modern. Super Smash Brothers. Boom! Finish. Yeah. Ding! He's gone. <laughs> so yeah, and and he's not done there. Yeah, there's big cast kicking his ass. By the way. He threw him out like Stone Cold and Kurt did to Buff Bagel, but except he threw him out of his own you company. You took the words out of my fucking mouth. Yo, how how are you gonna get thrown out of your own company the way Stone Cold and Kurt did <laughs> did to Buff Bagel? Man? I legit waited to see if he was coming back because it was like there's no way that this shit ended with them throwing him out like that. No. Get out of your company. I'm the new guy. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he threw him out. I actually watched the highlights from Impact this week. He buffed him. All he needs now is three felonies and he's gravy. <laughs> I can't believe they gave him. Remember when they threw a buff out of there because they decided they weren't going to do a WCW show? So the way they Man, ended that angle, when Stone Cold and Kurt, they, they just fuck him up and throw him out. I'll never forget. That's one of them. I've always wanted oh, to splice in. Back well. 
I've always wanted to, to splice in, you know, that the, the outside shot of the of the Fresh Prince just before Jazz goes flying. <laughs> like I always feel like that would be appropriate. Like like you see Kurt Angle and 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 freaking Stone Cold beating the fuck fuck out above, then the door opens and then you get that cut of the outside. And then ah, back well. Oh, that's the last time we saw Buff Bagwell in WWE. They were that legit. That's how you get thrown out of the company. They once you throw you out the door, you can never re-enter. So that's amazing. But yeah, man, I, I'm surprised. Rich Swan, how how mighty have fallen? This motherfucker was the world champion, and I understand him losing to Kenny Omega. But mid promo, they just—it's not even—it's so disrespectful. Like it would have been more of a wrestler thing to do if Big Cass would have kicked his ass and then talked over his body about how he wants to fight him. But it wasn't even that he wanted to fight him; he wanted him to go home. He wanted him to go. He was like, "Go home early." Be gone, fuck. <laughs> he probably already had an Uber waiting out there for him. He called his Uber. He called his own Uber. He told him what exit to be waiting by. He sent that motherfucker out. you <laughs> breakfast the next morning? No. So I thought that was entertaining. Uh, Rachel Elrig versus Jordan Grace. They're just tag partners. They are tag partners, and for some reason, they went to get a match, and the match that they got was against one another. The booking on here, I didn't say the booking on here is good, man. I didn't come in here and defend the booking. I'm just talking about the wrestling. Cut me some slack here. The booking sucks. There's no question about that. But the match, once again, Rachel Elring versus Jordan Grace, that's the kind of wrestling that I need to see more of, to be completely straight with you. Like, that Like that totally works here. And uh, they do, like, a really good job. You know, they, they, these are girls that are, I think are way better. Once again, we have knockouts that are better than anything else going on most places that I've seen. You know, and this and was more I my style of wrestling. Why did we put the tag titles back on Jordan Grace and Friend? Yeah, I, I have no right. idea. But but when you see these two working here, it, it literally the match is meaningless because they're both friends. The match starts with them friends. It ends with them friends. But just showing just how solid the wrestling is here. Um, just the fundamentals and the psychology was in this match. And I don't see that in a lot of girls matches. So I definitely enjoy seeing it here, you know. This is this is definitely so. Again, we got to talk about the highlights, the positive things that have uh, come into this company, and this is definitely one of them. The girls' division, they they can definitely go. Uh, specifically, these two. You see this? Like this is the way. This is what I need to see more of. You know, and unfortunately, like we're not going to get that from the the companies that we have now. And I mean, yeah, the WWE, the NXT division is definitely doing it. They're physical there, um, but this here uh, works to me better than anything else. Yeah, Jordan Grace know? has always been one of them. Um... My favorite um that's there. Just because like the girl's strong as all hell, but she's fast too, though it would scare the living fuck out of me. But and I mean Rachel Ellering, it's fucking Rachel Ellering, like they let first of all, I mean, credit to Impact for not fucking her up like they did in NXT and then fucking her up and then taking her last name too, but Yeah. Her size is what makes her convincing. You know what I mean? Like, her size ultimately is one of the things that makes her convincing here. And uh, the match yeah. works, man. You know, they, they, they sell good. Uh, I like that they have, that their builds make me believe, it's more believable. It's not necessarily bodybuilder builds, but uh, their physiques are believable for their size, right. you know? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Overall, this match was something that I enjoyed more than most things this week, as well as the P.D. Williams match also. There's still there's still stuff to be found in this company like everything else. We're in a point where wrestling, good wrestling, scattered around across all the brands. No one's doing anything particularly great. You know, everybody just has it kind of here and there. 
But Impact is by no means any worse than anything else that we're seeing anywhere else. And people shouldn't shit on it so much. They still have the corny backstage stuff. They got to get rid of that group, that guy who got shot and the rest of them. That whole group, they should just show them, send them their fucking working papers. Nothing yeah, funny see, that, happens that, back then. That's my biggest thing with Impact. There's way more of that than there needs to be. Yeah, even even the stuff that they're giving are the little bit because they do that here a couple of times. It's just so bad. They they shouldn't bother with any of that shit. Like those backstage segments Cut are are the bullshit. shits. Yeah, you know. But this here, the heavy hitting, the girls, the style that they have, you know, the the offense that they bring. This is the kind of shit that this company has always been able to deliver with when it comes to the knockouts, and it's definitely something that I want to see more of. You know, so. Oh yeah. Good for them. Definitely good for them. Uh, the main event, you get the tag match, which was David Finley and Juice Robinson going up against Madman Fulton and, uh, Ace Austin. And, uh, so this was kind of weird. This is once again, a combination of good matches and shitty booking. So let's go into the finish of the first aspect of this whole thing. Is this it? So you get Finley, get Dave Finley against these guys. Oh no, they're going after the big man. They're gonna get oh. him up for this. Doomsday device. Oh no, wow, look at the spot. Look at the power. No, no, no. Break the eyes, did Madman Fulton. Cross body. Catch. Fulton now. Feeling it. Oh, no, nice great. Nicely done by Juice Robinson. Changing the entire scope of this match. Can he turn him? Can he turn him? That's got to be it. Beautiful. There you go. Here are your winners and still Impact World Tag Team Champions, Finn Juice. So Finn Juice goes over. Do you know anything else more about Impact, Dustin? I do not. That's actually great. Okay, see, so the fact that you, scared, the fact that you said that scares me. It depends on how you guys feel about this. I'm not saying it's the worst thing in the world. I'm just saying that as someone that doesn't follow, it just gave me this WTF moment. So long story short, Violent by Design comes out after this. If you guys don't remember them, that's uh, Eric Young's new stable. Yeah. It has Rhino. Rhino just recently joined it. Rhino, and I forget who else the other guys are in this. It's I, I wish I'm so mad this is his name, but fucking Jake something I think is not it, and then uh, yeah. I keep forgetting the other guy's name is the guy who looks like a greater value Stan Hansen. You're gonna have to. I didn't understand what the hell happened when this went off, and I was just like, "What?" So this is how I'm gonna break it down. From from what I understand, Rhino has something called a call your shot trophy, and this trophy that he has that he won from something else that I didn't watch, apparently allows you to just call for a match instantly on the fly. Similar to the money in the bank, I guess with this, you could have whatever you want. Like this, like a fucking wish. It's a dragon ball wish. I didn't, I had I've never heard of this. I've never seen TNA with this before. I was hoping someone who watches this shit regular, is this something from the past? I don't remember. Or where the fuck was there a call your shot trophy ever before that they just come up with this? It sounds, it sounds like a shittier variation of Feast Your Fire, but I guess they don't want to fire anybody. Okay, well, either way, I'm not going to spoil, but I'm going to let you see. So this Call Your Shot trophy comes into play right after this match. Oh, God, don't tell me what's about oh. to happen or what's about to happen. Oh, they called their shot. Oh, Vince doesn't know anything about Call Your Shot trophy. 
We're not used to this. The Collier shot trophy gives Rhino a, a championship opportunity at any time. Most people thought that he was going to wait for his friend Keith to return, but it looks like Rhino and Joe Doring. Oh my goodness, Violet by Design is calling their shot right now. Rhino and Joe Doring calling their shot. The Impact Tag Team titles are the call. Let's see, Finn Juice are going to answer the call. And Finn Juice is... I mean, first of all, they gotta get their wearable. No! What a crossbody! Finjus just, they just gone through 15 minutes of hell to lead to this! Rhino has such a legacy. Joe Doring, one of the most decorated tag team wrestlers in all of Japan and around the world, as well as a singles monster! Good night, Irene! They did it! So I'm, so I'm sitting there like, wait a minute. If you're looking for your moments, if you're looking for your time in history, you can look back and say, on this night, everything changed. Here it is. Look in the eyes of Eric Young. Right there, the puppet master manipulating the situation perfectly. Cashing in his shot. Bringing the impact title to Violet by Design. So that was... What is in store? This is what I mean. I was I, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was a good main event up until that point against the other guys and shit. Uh, Madman Fulton and Ace Austin. They actually did good with those guys. Like, all right, cool. This is cool. And there was good retention there. It was such a short run to me for David Finley and Juice Robinson. And then when they finally lose it, I just kind of fell for a team that they could have done more with. It was just shitty booking. It was like at the end of the show, like, oh, by the way, guess what? They're not going to do it, are they? And they did it. It didn't, I don't know if it's just as an outsider looking in, because that's what I feel like watching this, but it didn't have like the, like if they were going for that money in the bank moment, like it had the opposite effect. It was more like, well, that sucked. (laughs) You know, at least that's the way I felt about it. (laughs) I didn't even know the trophy existed. Maybe if I knew. Maybe if I was watching regularly and I kept seeing Rhino with it, I would have kept, kept going, oh, you mean not Rhino? But even, if, but, but even if I would have done that, would I have known you can cash it in like for whatever? It could have been just anything happening out there? Or whatever, man. I guess whatever they want to do. All I'm saying is if I have former World Tag League and IWGP champions as my tag champions, I'm going to take them off it for call your shot or whatever the fuck they call it yeah i didn't expect it that's the only thing it caught me so off guard and not knowing about it it was just like wait what happened do they mean you now took, you, you took the titles off of the draws and then put it on rhino and greater value stan hansen maybe it'll be more interesting when they chase i'm not going to judge it yet just because it caught me by such it caught me i only watched this impact before raw it caught me so off guard that i'm still like processing and like wait what uh, yeah, those guys have it. I don't even know the other guy, but uh, Rhino and the other dude. So uh, the only other thing that came out of this was Impact announced Slammiversary for July 17th. And uh, do I have that trailer here? I'm going to run it real quick. Breaking news from the world of professional wrestling. It has been one year to the date that 20 plus superstars have been released from their contracts. And lightning has struck once again with several superstars again being released. We'll be closely monitoring the situation and we wish them all the best in their future endeavors. Future endeavors. Future endeavors. Future endeavors. Future endeavors. Future endeavors. 
Now, to be fair, last time we played one of these commercials that was teasing that they were going to grab a bunch of people that were released during the pandemic. If you flash forward to current impact, a lot of people that uh, were released did wind up in impact, you know? Like Heath, Heath Slater wound up there, the, the Edgeheads, freaking Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins wound up there. You know, there's been like a, a large exodus of talent that they've picked up our, our freaking big cast. But if you look at this trailer, trailer, if you look at this trailer, did you catch any of the breadcrumbs? I saw Joe in there. Y'all motherfuckers ain't gonna do it. Okada was in there. I wouldn't even need to turn the sound on. I'll turn it down a little bit. I saw Joe. I saw Okada. I saw Chelsea Green. Let's see if we could catch him as they go past. We'll be closely monitoring the situation and we wish them all the best. We'll be closely monitoring the situation and we wish them all the best. It was a Bullet Club logo, but that's not a surprise. You, you see Joe. You see Okada. What is Forgotten in reference to? I don't even oh, know. the Forgotten Sons. That's the Forgotten Sons logo. But Jackson Riker's still, still in WWE, so no. You saw the yes? The yeses? That was Daniel yeah, Bryan's yes, they, they yes logo? Daniel Bryan. You saw those two. Do you saw that symbol? That was the iconic symbol. Yeah. So they're teasing. Mickey James. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. My only problem is the last time they ran a commercial like that, nobody who was in the commercial showed up. Yeah, they like to tease you. Yeah, we had other people show up. It was just nobody in the fucking commercial. Yes, you don't have faith in them with that one either, huh? Right, like. And first of all, come on now, y'all, y'all, y'all had Okada as fucking Joe's whipping boy. Y'all can fuck off with thinking that he should know. <laughs> if Okada show up there, it's because Okada ain't got shit else to do. Okada likes crowds, not just crowd noise. Oh boy! All right, so we're changing the order of things around here because we have a poll for this upcoming AEW uh double or nothing 2021 pay-per-view so we're actually putting aw at the end after all we're gonna go straight into uh smackdown so uh let's bring up my smackdown bring up the smackdown program here uh so yeah this opens with all the champions uh standing at the top of the ramp i should bring up a smackdown video or something in case we need references right i don't eat yeah, time they the called it this. the champions parade yeah I was really hoping for something like this. I was thinking, you know what we need? That'd be great. Instead of a lot of matches, a champion's fucking parade. And so, using this to celebrate the fact that they're going back to fans soon. Mm-hmm. And to just show they off their champions. Fans and not fucking champions that we already know exist. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I could get this up on the screen for us. For anybody that doesn't know what the champion's parade looks like. Because I know you all have been yearning to know all night long. It's auto and more. And we have a parade. So there it is. There's a champion parade. They all stand at the ramp and the camera pans across them. Now, I, I definitely got to say, if I'm going to give credit anywhere, uh, they're definitely going out of their way to be all inclusive here. You know what I mean? Like, that's something WWE has come a long way. They make sure they have all genders. They include everyone. It's like, if you really look at that shot for the first time in a very long time, they even had a white person out there. Natty. You know, so it's like, <laughs> so I was impressed. I was like, oh, shit, let me find out you guys are a, a white person as a champion. I haven't oh, seen God, that. Yeah. And I mean, you guys got a white person. So, yeah, very all inclusive. You know, good job. 
uh, you get a Paul Heyman promo, an Apollo promo, a Bailey promo. It's Promo City. It wasn't Suplex City. It was Promo City. I, I think there were two matches, unless I dozed off. Were there two matches? Three fucking matches on SmackDown? You get Natalia and Tamina against Shayna and Nia. And uh, basically, I don't even remember what the fuck happened at the end of this. I think that uh, somehow, I, I obviously, Natalia and Tamina retained. Actually, when it was, uh, we had a, it was actually a six woman, I believe. Right, 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 right. Yeah, because it was because you had Bailey out there too. Uh, yeah, Bailey, Natty, and Tamina went up against Jet. Yeah, yeah, Bailey, Natty, but no, Bianca Belair, Natalia, Tamina went up against Nia Jax, Bailey, and Shayna Baszler, and Baszler, Jax, and Bailey won. Yeah, and you had and and there were a few things here. Bailey snatching Bianca out of the ring to hit her with that that Bailey the belly callback because you talked about that move the other day Chaos here in this right here Bianca Belair with a right still favoring her left knee I love the way she does it yoink catch out of that handspring uh, yeah that, w- that was interesting what do you think of the match so, overall Um, the one issue I have with the fish and it'll kind of kind of go into raw it seems like when the title's on the line, Shayna Baszler's the easiest person to beat nowadays. But the finish was she chokes out Natty with the Kirafuda clutch. So I'm like, can we have her just like not be like the beatable one on this team? Because it seems like when it's non-title, she's choking out everybody. But as soon as you hear championships on the line, it all goes out the window. But, I mean, the match was, the match was pretty good. I mean, it's, it's not surprising with these six women. So Yeah, yeah, no complaints here. Uh... I do like the Nakamura crown thing. So, I I couldn't I couldn't wait to talk about this because I follow Shinsuke on uh, Instagram. Do you know he does everything with that fucking crown with that fucking crown now? Yes, he does everything. I've seen him working and, out with it. I saw him pumping he, gas with it. He shows he it. Buffing one of his surfboards with it. See, there's him on the video package doing he it. Taken the crown off Look at that. He's just driving around with the crown. He's fucking great. He's really selling off that crown, boy. Look at him. With a cat, him with the crown and a cat. Is that his morning coffee with the crown? That's beautiful. <laughs> Good for him. He's really selling that Corbin yeah. crown thing. He had so much fun with that. Like that is fucking great. Mm-hmm. So Corbin is throwing a tantrum in the ring. He's angry. He wants his crown back that he's had for over a year, and that's been no King of the Ring tournament. <laughs> they don't even do that fucking. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? He's Rick Booze. That's what you need to drink to understand this show. Booze. He is from NXT. He was formerly Eric Bugenhagen in NXT. You guys probably saw him perform there. Then they changed his name to Rick Bugaz. You probably saw him there. Now he's Rick Boogs. Which was odd to me because that goes completely against the formula of NXT call-ups. How <laughs> so? Because usually with a call-up, it's a guy... Sometimes it's either a top guy, maybe even a mid-card guy. When I tell you, I have probably seen... Oh, my God. Let me see if I can think. I saw fucking Diamante in NXT more than I saw this fucking guy. Yeah, he came out a couple of times, and now here he is. He showed up maybe once or twice on NXT. I love that his name's Bugenhagen. That's the name of the guy who teaches Cloud and Tifa about the planets and the, and the live stream. <laughs> the, the old bearded man, Bugenhagen. <laughs> anyway um 
what else did we get here that was of any relevant? He comes on, he plays the guitar to play Nakamura's fucking music. And I came to rock with the real king of SmackDown, Shinsuke Nakamura. Boots. Thank you, Boots. What a treat this is. Oh, my God. He's all right. He's pretty good at that. He's pretty good. Well, that's uh, that's what happened there. I don't know if that's the screenshot. Might be. <laughs> I, I wouldn't complain. Just for the hell of it, I, you know, I think we'll get better penetration if we use something that draws like that, right? Oh, you keep doing it, fucking <laughs> Stasis thought that that was the Old Spice guy. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> the one that showed up in like that Legends bullshit that they were doing with oh, Tozawa. <laughs> <laughs> old, really? You think they can afford Old Spice guy? No, no, you remember they had, they remember they had like a storyline with Tozawa and some Old Spice dude or some shit happening. <laughs> that, that, they did a twenty four seven title angle on that. Right, right. she thought that that was him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this company's become. That guy can't play guitar. Come on, now. he just sells the <laughs> I love that. that. I had to say in my lifetime. That guy can't play <laughs> guitar. He just sells deodorant. Oh my god! Anyway, what else? What other shit that we have here? Um, Ro- Rollins ambushes Cesaro after Cesaro interrupts Roman and Paul Heyman's promo. Dominic goes over Bobby Roode. Uh, Roman seems like he doesn't want to give Jay permission to come out and play with his brother for the tag team titles next week, which I thought was really messed up. The street profits. Oh, the street profits. They are fucking savage. Did you catch what they did? <laughs> I'll put it like this. I turned into you because I watched this, I think, uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. I had to rewind this part. Yeah, so this is this is the street profits doing their best Uso impersonation here. Got them a bit weepy, huh? You mean the ones that had them last week, like, hey, yo, we the best tag team here. You know, it used to be me and you. And you know that everything that Roman does, it benefits the family. Look yourselves. Yo, fam. <laughs> Damn. Savage. You guys are baby faces, man. Mean ass. Your baby faces. Yeah, it looks like a. We are going to be getting Street Profits and Usos next this Friday. Mm-hmm. As a result of that chaos. First yeah. time ever, too. Oh, shit. Yeah, as, as as long as the the freaking High Chief allows it. Might be some shit right before the match comes out. Motherfucker, I ain't authorized this. Wouldn't surprise me at all. That might be exactly what happens. Kill everybody's happiness. Like, Usos finally about to get. Never mind. You don't need him. You can win the tag team championship with me. <laughs> I'll be your brother. <laughs> I'll be your father, I'll be your mother, I'll be whatever you need. <laughs> Oos. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Say yo. <laughs> 
I like this exploder blue thunder bomb sequence going on here. I'm gonna just pop that up. E and Apollo run into a cannonball by KO. Sami Zayn. Oh, what a the hook! Sami Zayn, blue thunder bomb. That was solid. Yeah, because this was uh, the four way for the Intercontinental Championship. We had Apollo Cruz, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Big E. Mm-hmm. But they had to add some fuckery here. Yeah, because guess who's back? The finish to this is Alistair Black appearing out of fucking mess. Big E now into the ring and the hell? Turn the lights on. Oh, come on. You let that shit distract you? Alistair Black is here. What is he doing here? Alistair Black with his his stare set at Big E. Apollo Crews now back. Black Mass! Black with Black So he cost him the match. Yeah. I will say though, because they um they did a face shot of Alistair. I do like the fact that they actually, unlike Raw, at least kept a little bit of continuity. Because did you notice his eyes? What about them? Um, I believe it is the right eye. He has a different contact into that one to keep up the whole continuity of the whole thing with Seth Rollins. Oh, really? From that yeah, shit? Get, even though they, they, even though Ray, they, who they focused on it more with, didn't? Right, like the, the one who actually lost the whole eye just has a whole eye still there now. SmackDown had enough common sense to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The last time we saw this man, he had an eye patch. Fix that shit. Oh, Lord. They'd already abandoned it before Ray came to SmackDown, so it was like, fuck it, we can't do anything. What a true fucking mess, huh? Like, 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 I thought about it the other day because one of my friends pointed out, he was like, yo, Alistair Black has like maskless Kane eyes now. Remember like, when Kane first took his mask off and his eyes were two different colors? And he never went after Rollins. He went after everybody but Rollins. Right. He didn't want to lose his other eye. You, you, you ain't going to willingly walk back into that ass whooping. Yeah, SmackDown was a little out of tune this week. Yeah, this two, one was kind of just like a fly-by SmackDown. Like, two and a half shitty matches. It, you didn't really miss much. Yeah, nothing too special here. 1.83 million viewers, 0.5 in the 18th to 49 demographic, up a bit from the previous week's fucking 1.80 million. So they're about three more million viewers, 0.4 in the 18th to 49 demographic. They were up a point. Yay, good for them. Bringing us to Raw, who last week was with their WrestleMania Backlash episode having an overnight average of 1.732 million viewers with a 0.48 in the 18th to 49 demographic, still being the kings with the Raw before that Backlash having an overnight three hour of 1.817 million. So they were actually up then. With the point fifty three in the eighteen to forty nine demographic, bringing us to the first match of tonight with Bobby Lashley. Well, actually, the first segment rather, Bobby Lashley and his hoes um, coming out. Or as I call them, Bobby and the bitches. Bobby and the bitches, I like it. I, I, I just know. feel like it's just, it's, I'm so mad this thought process went through my head. But I was like, wouldn't it be great if kind of like you see wrestlers like Becky Lynch and Braun Strowman, they were rosebuds? Wouldn't it be great if you see five, six years ago? I remember her. Well, I don't remember her. Who was she? She used to be one of Bobby's bitches. Didn't we have people that were Godfather's holes originally? I feel like we did. I can't remember who they were, though. I think that uh, Ivory was a Godfather's holes at one point. Yeah, Ivory was one of them. Because yeah. didn't that also kind of loosely spawn the right to censor thing, too? Uh, not, not in the same uh, breath. I, I don't know. I don't know if she ever used that as one of the reasons she joined right to censor, but... Yeah. So, uh, 
we wind up with Kofi Kingston versus Drew, and the whole point of this is for one of them to face uh, Lashley for the title at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. But Kofi uh, does a trust fall to the outside, and inadvertently he hits Lashley, who's guest at commentator, and this makes him get involved, and the match gets thrown away. 40 minutes into this show, nothing is resolved. We're one match in. I kid you not. I looked at the clock. 40 fucking minutes, 840. 840. There's no shame at the point in the way this shit is booked. And they, they took just two for commercial the, breaks during this match alone. And they just for the first time put the commentary team on screen. And Cole's <laughs> going, Welcome to Raw, everybody. Tonight, blah, blah. I'm like, Are you shitting me right now? You motherfuckers were 40 minutes into this. There was, a, there, were, there was this whole chain promo thing with Lashley and the Holes and Kofi and Drew and the pay per view and the match and the disqualification. <laughs> now you fucktards. Welcome, everybody. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? You 40-minute prologuing motherfuckers. <laughs> there reminds me when we used to play. At least be like invincible and entertain me first. There reminds me when we remember we used to, on the Sundays we used to play the freaking Telltale game. And sometimes we play a Telltale game. And, we, and the logo oh, yeah, wouldn't come on. And then all of a sudden, Telltale presents. And we're like, no way. That was just the beginning. No, That's no, how no, this shit no, felt. That used to be Minecraft. Yeah, the Minecraft one did it too. you know. But it's just so funny to me. 40 minutes in and the commentators are now being introduced for the first time. Unbelievable. So I'm gonna one just... thing about this match mm-hmm. that scared the hell out of me, though. That fucking Michinoku driver drew hit on Kofi. Am I the only one that saw Kofi laying on the back of his head? It looked a little rough. Yeah, it didn't look fun. And I just remember when he was having his little interaction with Lashley, I was like, is he stalling? Because Kofi's knocked the fuck out. Like, I wasn't sure. But then when they came back and Kofi looked like he was moving fine, I was like, okay, he's good. He's good. Yeah, that was, it was crazy. It was, it, it was crazy. But the whole point that pisses me off is that they did that match and then didn't have a resolution, only to decide that next week they're going to do the same match, right? Yeah, and this time, if Lashley or MVP interferes, interferes a suspended for 90 days without pay. Oh and my, my first thought was, man, I remember when that used to be a big deal because the champion had to defend every 30 days. But considering you fuckers had Ziggler and, and fucking Rude had a title for almost 100 days with no defense, I guess it won't really matter much. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say. Rhea Ripley versus Nikki Cross, two-minute challenge. This is stupid. Because because so bad about this what that fucking promo that happened before literally three seconds before like it's like she's on the way out for a match already and this just happened to happen fucking charlotte's walking through the back and Rhea walks up to her and i guess they go jawing back and forth nikki cross comes out of the fucking blue like i could be either of you and then she charlotte doesn't want to beat her in two minutes she goes you could be her in two minutes the whole time this is happening i'm not really thinking this match is going to be only fucking two minutes like my mind won't let me accept that. I was like, okay, Nikki Cross is going to get a full match back. No, the bitch got thrown around for two minutes just for Rhea to somehow forget that the fucking clock was going. A way to go, way to make your champion just look fucking retarded. Like, what? Ugh. I can't. It's the dumbest piece of logic I've ever seen in my life. Because at one point, you probably saw it too. Didn't she point at the clock like two or three times? Yeah. So why would you book that she then somehow forgets the clock's running? And then for her to lose focus, and to me the most important thing that bothered me about this was 
Nikki Cross, what did we learn from this? That Nikki Cross can barely survive two minutes against Rhea Ripley? That's the push they're giving Nikki Cross? Look, I survived. I survived 120 seconds, Lexi. Like, are you fucking kidding me? This is somebody who's a professional who was called up to the main roster on Monday Night Raw, and her aspiration is to not be killed by a fucking finisher. She didn't get hit by a riptide in 120 seconds. Good for you. Glad that all the fucking build that they've been giving her on the tag teaming and everything led to her not being killed in two minutes. And she's celebrating like a kid, like she just won the title. Look at that. She survived two shitty minutes in a match with someone who was hot that wasn't even focused. And she's prancing around (laughs) dancing. I think they even cut the commercial and came back. Charlotte's coming out for her match, and she's a fucking dancing out there. So happy yeah. that she's not dead. Charlotte, <laughs> you know, doing a little ridiculous dances and shit. For like, I won, Charlotte. You know, it kept cutting back to her. It was pissing me off. It kept cutting back to her. If they want to make me hate her, they, the congratulations. Like, it kept cutting back to her. She's doing different poses and dancing. I'm expecting it to cut to the ring and then come back to her, and she'd be wearing like a fucking top hat and doing like a little tap down. You know, she's like, what the fuck is going on here? She, you barely survived against the champion. This is the same girl who I watched her and Oscar almost kill each other in a last woman standing match on NXT. (laughs) And you going to tell me last two minutes with with, with Rhea Ripley's sort of accomplishment? Didn't she just do a promo recently where she was all frustrated and aggressive and willing to do whatever? And she went from that to fucking tap dancing because she lasted two minutes. (laughs) Congratulations, you got a two-minute match with Rhea Ripley. Why even have that there? Talk about treating her like dog shit. First they have her show up as a lumberjack match as her return, and then she had to have a pop up here, and she's fucking doing like her own little solo dance. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't do. You ever seen the commercials of the FIFA commercial when the guy hits the goal, and then they do the dance where like one of them is flopping around on the ground like a fish, and the other one's reeling his buddy in. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't fucking do that. <laughs> oh. I tried to say something, but I thought that exactly what you said. I was like, oh, you motherfucker. Like, what the fuck is going on here, man? Jesus Christ. My first thought when the second was <laughs> over was, man, I miss saying Nikki Cross. They took that bitch seriously. What garbage. You get Oscar versus Charlotte. Charlotte gets Oscar's shoulders down, I believe, while she has her in the Oscar lock. Yeah. And then and that causes her, a three count. The match. Now she gets Rhea at Hell in a Cell. All right, so we we are where we're supposed to be. We're burying people on the way up again. Cedric Alexander g- goes over Shelton Benjamin. I'm tired of seeing him wrestle. Thumb to the eye. Um, what's the other thing? The neuralizer. Yeah, hit him with the neuralizer. Yeah, uh, Xavier Shelton Woods. Fucking Cedric cuts his long ass promo before the match even fucking starts. With his obnoxious squeaky voice about how I got kicked out. I was residual damage. I was a residual loss. They kicked you out of the her business. I hate that promo so much because it's like, yo, you're not in the promo, you're not in the hurt business, hurt business either. What the fuck are you talking about? Nope, not even in the business of hurting. Right. AJ Styles versus Jackson Riker. Somehow AJ is a babyface knight comes up by himself. Riker goes over cheating thanks to Elias, but Omas chases him down and makes him pay for it. He like basically hits him up against the uh, freaking barricade, and he does it like a video game character too because at the peak of the thrust he goes. <laughs> 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 And now that I'm fucking flying. <laughs> it hit me after the last match. A lot of repeats on the show because we already had a repeat of Charlotte and Oscar. We already had a repeat repeat of Cedric and Shelton. We had another repeat later on the night. Well, I don't, dude, I don't even remember. Oh yeah, Seamus and Humberto. Are we talking about Seamus and no, Humberto? No, no, no. Actually, I forgot about that one. So that was another that, repeat. But yeah. I, then I, I don't even remember the other one. The one I, the one I have is Seamus and Humberto. Who Seamus goes over with the tights, and then Ricochet comes out and fucks him up. And the two of them right, exchange high-flying moves. No title defenses. 
the fuck? No, but he's just out there fucking up the small guy. So what was after this? I actually blacked out because I, I can't believe there was more repeated after this because that's at the end of the repeats. Oh, my God. The next thing I remember is, once again, repeat, because for the fourth time in six weeks, the women's tag titles are on the line. Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler versus Natty and Tamina. Oh, yeah. You just this reminded me. Happened. Four times. She Dane's frustrated with Reggie, tries to send him to the back, and then fire blows him up from the top of the ramp, which we're assuming is Alexa Bliss's power since she hates yeah. Reggie. Because uh, I think it's Shane or something. Because uh, there actually was a reason that she was not at Raw tonight. Um, basically, her pet pig. Yeah, she you know she had a pet pig. Uh, Larry C was having health issues, and actually was seen on social media. It was uh quite urgent situation because she loves the shit out of that pig but um it's not a good season for pigs pig. you know Shotzi didn't Shotzi have a pig that died or something or was it a rabbit she had something if you she go back and look at if you look at art but I know, she, of, I, know uh, I know Alexa mm-hmm. Bliss has a pig I know um Liv Morgan has one as well yeah I feel like Shotzi had a pig or something it had a pig or a bird if you look at old artwork of Shotzi like whenever people draw her like as a cartoon there's like an animal in the tank with her that also has like a little fucking helmet on all the time. That thing died, whatever it was. I barely remember. But yeah, that, that's the only reason she wasn't. We didn't physically see her tonight. But yeah, they gave a different. They gave a different set of holes for Bobby Lashley. I don't know why I'm reminding you. Like, if that's important, <laughs> but <laughs> it's probably more interesting. I, to have the shit I, I, I had nothing else to bring to the table. Holes. <laughs> Nothing up through the table for this raw. They rotating holes on. They rotating holes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next week the side sea holes. <laughs> but the explosion burns fucking Reggie's face, and then Natalia gets distracted, and um, well, actually, Baszler gets distracted, and Natalia rolls her up for the win again. And now because of that, next week, and this is this is literally how they went off the air. Next week. It's fucking Reggie and Shayna. And that's what they put the copyright logo on the bottom right hand of the screen. Isn't it funny how that copyright logo coming out used to mean the end of the show, but now it's almost like a comedic cue? Because right. they end on such it's, stupid it's the, shit. It's the, equivalent of those, it's the equivalent of the Sandman and Showtime the Apollo. Every time yeah. you see him, you again? Like, out of all the things to leave a cliffhanger, if you want to get your audience to come back, Shayna going, that's it, Reggie. I'm going to fight you next week. <laughs> like what are they it doing been, it would have been better if they did that it would have ended better if they fucking did that <laughs> this, this is company man <sighs> you know what I was saying before about that high almost 2 million that number starting to not sound that's, that number sounds less and less accurate every fucking week no it sounds accurate to me they must be high like, you gotta be awesome. <laughs> They're high. Maybe, and maybe, maybe, two maybe, maybe that's why NXT and AEW, especially NXT, aren't over a million. Because nobody who watches those shows are high on the most uncut Colombian cocaine you could ever fucking imagine. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. The Tuesday imported and Wednesdays shit. aren't drug nights. Like I said, the imported shit. Good, good. That year 3000 shit. This shit ain't even out yet. Pretty much, my friend. Pretty much. EA struggles to get this shit. Oh, let me stop. Yep, it's in the game. AEW. <laughs> AEW Dynamite, episode 86. 
hard to believe we've come this far uh i'm running through this really quick so we could get to this voting poll uh we're gonna cover friday's dynamite on the post show of sunday's uh pay-per-view like we do with the smackdowns for wwe they put it on friday so that's when we'll cover it that being said this starts with a singles match christian cage against matt Sydal, with the finish being the kill switch because he's still outworking everyone yeah. what were your thoughts on this match I've been enjoying um, seeing more of Matt Seidel. Christian still looks good. I mean, Christian has never really ever looked bad, at least on my memory in his career. Since when the fuck does he use a spear? So, I saw you mention that there was a time. Um, it was not long after Edge had to retire. He started uh, using the spear. Oh, I do vaguely remember that. Not even yeah. mention it. He, he hasn't used it in a while. You notice that Christian slipped? Before he jumped, he right, and you see now the results. He got off timing. Oh, oh spear. spear! Yeah, so that was interesting. One thing that did make me laugh, and I swear to God, I love some wrestling fans, their creative chants. I heard a chant of cult. I heard a chant of literally, it just said, both these guys. Yeah, I used to, like, when I used to hear everybody. Like, oh, they're chanting for both of them. I was like, oh. Yeah, in, in Ring Rally, I used to do everybody, clap, 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 <laughs> everybody. I've never heard a chant like that, so it made me laugh. <laughs> I was like, that's creative. That's a time saver. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, and then afterwards, Team Taz jumps them both. Yeah, Team Taz is jumping everybody. Like, damn. I did like uh, freaking Adam Page's running. I'm going to show you here. Does he not have the best one? Yeah, man. He nailed him, man. He is dead. These two two powerhouses. Look at this. Hangman Adam Page. Holding my beer. Hang on to that, Ricky. What the hell? Get out of here. Hangman, what the hell? Get him. Hangman Adam Page. Ten off on Brian Cage. And ten off on Powerhouse Hobbs. Page came to fight. It's going to be Hangman and Cage. A double or nothing. We got him. Oh, no. No. Don't know why he hesitated on, uh, Brian Cage there. Oh man. Oh yeah. It's all he was aiming for Hobbs and Hobbs already down. I might have been a boss, but they eventually get the better of him there. And then the Dark Order was nowhere to be found. The only thing I didn't like with that running is he didn't do what he usually does, which is what I what I've aptly named the hold my buckshot. He hands off the beer, then he just buckshot hilarious the shit out of whoever in front of him. When I realized nobody was in a position, I was like, shit, I'm not gonna get it this week. Yeah, no, that wasn't gonna happen. He, like it was, it's, the, it's the funniest thing if you've never seen it. He'll literally pass the beer off, buckshot him, and then walk back out, take the beer, and leave. Mm-hmm. Funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life, and it kills me every time. So you get a tag team match of Eddie Kingston and John Moxley against the acclaims Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. So you know what time it is. It's well. First off, there's a big change as far as music goes this week. Yes. 75 pounds, the team of Eddie Kingston and Jim Moxley! Well, some 30 points. So a different version of Wild Thing. But they have to contend with two very close friends that have turned out. So, uh,. Basically, Tony Khan only bought the rights to the Wild Thing by the Trox to play once before the Yugi Nagata match. Um, and that was it. It was a one-off. 
but it's going to be wild thing from now on but it's going to be the rock version from the band x from 1989 which is the same version that was used in the movie major league so this is going to be the version going forward that other one was just a one-off to make that match feel special apparently okay. so, anyone else wondering how we wound up with the different version uh and yes you get the acclaimed the acclaimed with a rap song <laughs> it's like my new favorite segment Acclaimed is the paradigm shift. These two guys exchange Valentine's gifts. Yo, Eddie, why you dress like it's 04? You look like a box of Newports. And mom, you're out of your element. I'ma knock you out with this mic like Omega did. Call your girl, she all in my mentions. Trying to hit me up for some oral sessions. Oh. She just wants us to be on the podcast. Off of the edge, fellas. Hey, hey, double go! Oh, my God. What a shot. What a shot. He got walloped. Got totally, totally walloped. I sort of knew that something was happening, but I didn't know in what terms or like what to expect. I mean, obviously I expected, I'm like, oh, if someone's saying something about the show, obviously it's, you know, it's the sexual innuendo. Um, so I was a little bit ready for it, but I didn't know that it was like, I thought it was like done in like a backstage or like I was, I really didn't know what it was going to be. So when I saw it, I was like, oh damn, that was a, it was a good one. I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I, you know, again, I'll take yeah, any press is good press, yep. right? Get out there, throw it out there, dude. And then my husband swiftly knocked him on his ass. So he did. <laughs> Winner Renee, all around. I'm sure you be- Josh, we be called a Anthony Bosch just got <laughs> And Eddie kicks the teeth off on Platinum Max Caster. Sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. And uh, no, Renee's always been a good sport about stuff like that. If it's funny, damn it, it's funny. She also tweeted out to, to Max Caster and she said, Let's get let's get you a blue check and some W's and we'll look at booking you in the fall. Thanks for the plug, Platinum Max. And then uh she put here brand new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. And then uh she put the Connor meme where he says, Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> oh, savagery runs rampant in that household. Very entertaining, thanks. Uh, you get a uh, freaking, which by the way, that came from uh, Busted Open Radio, which I'm going to share the whole episode with you guys if you want it on social media to hear her whole conversation with them. I thought that it was pretty good. Oh my God. Yeah, interesting stuff. So what do you, what do you listen to if you never heard it as well, though? Yeah, what do you think of the acclaimed stuff so far? It took a little while. But those two, yeah, like those two grew on me. Like, they, it's a. Uh, I can't spot. I can't almost. Put, I almost can't put my thumb on what I like about them. First of all, the raps are always funny. But I think they put the. You can tell how much effort they put into making that gimmick work. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the guys have good matches. So it's like, yeah, it took a little while, but those two, those, those two grew on me. Gotcha. Uh. I mean, one but, of them used to be one of the Lashley sisters, so that motherfucker came a long way. Yeah, you keep reminding me. I keep forgetting. <laughs> because I can't unsee it now that I saw it. Uh, Darby and Sting, at one point, they cleared a ring of Scorpio Sky and his white jobber friend. Was that guy again? 
Ethan Page. Yeah, Ethan. Ethan Hawke. Man, if he he's so lucky that I remember his time in the North with Josh Alexander and and, and um Impact. Because if it wasn't for there, I swear to God, he'd just be white job in front of me. Uh you get an AEW Women's World Title Eliminator match: Karashita against Rebel, being accompanied by Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, with the finish being Rebel taps out to the Stretch Muffler. Which I do love that on the graphic, it literally says Rebel, not Reba. Yeah, they're taking that shit to heart. And uh, Britt hits like the blackout on Sheet on her own title. Yeah, occasionally, but it's so much to where like whenever she does use it, I forget she uses it. But yeah, she fucking curbs out the girl on her own title. World champion. God, this woman is vicious. Dr. Baker attributes a cure. Oh, no. Good sound. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, when, when uh, freaking Reba comes out, I like JR saying, I wonder if that crutch earns a paycheck. <laughs> Some of the shit JR says is just fucking funny. <laughs> I yeah, myself, when I watch AEW now, I'm half watching what's going on and half listening just to JR. Yeah, because he's damn sure not taking this seriously. Can't blame oh, him. You get the NWA. I think he's just happy not to have Vince this year. Right. You get the NWA world title match. Uh, Serena Deeb defending her championship against Red Velvet. Finish being Serena tapped Red Velvet via Boston Crab. Yeah, been a little bit since we've seen uh, Serena. Yeah. A few rough moments in this. Uh, let me see if I could bring this up really quick. Right here, she botches a moonsault. Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Big drop to a hold that time. Oh! How about that backstab? Really athletic. Whoosh! So all face, you know. Ooh, she hit like a lead moon song on there. Yeah, Stace is called the Standing Lesnar. Oh, she she hit the botched Lesnar, botched Lesnar. Oh, that should be the name of that move. Damn, Stasis. Uh, Velvet might want to just consider being a brawler. Yeah, she might want to. St- that seems more suited for her. Keep your feet on the ground like Call of Duty games learn to do. Because uh, there's this moonsault also, in case you want to have an assortment to pick through. How about a dynamite on a Friday night? Good God. Another standing lesser. Yeah, it doesn't mean I feel bad for fucking deep in that one. Anyway. Uh, Austin Gunn being accompanied by Arn Anderson and Cody Rhodes against Anthony Agogo with Aaron Solo, Nick Camarodo, and QT Marshall. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. Finishes Agogo with the pop-up right hand. Um, yeah, pop-up liver punch pretty much. There was really nothing really to this. You get a good Miro promo somewhere in here. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah. So I know why you're looking for that. Um... I noticed, maybe it's because I haven't seen the belt in so long, but when Deep came out with that NWA women's title, I think that's starting to become one of my new favorites. Just oh, yeah. because it has such a personal fact of the fact that you don't just see like a nameplate. It's like the woman's picture on it. Yeah. I think it's no, probably one of the only belts I've ever seen that does that. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Darby Allen's talent, isn't it? After he talked all that crap online, I beat him up so bad. I took what he said. He could not be taken. And now you know. Now everybody knows that it doesn't matter if you're the baddest man on earth or you're the hottest thing in AEW. If you have what I want, it's done. 
Derby Allen, you disrespected me. It's okay. I forgive you. I'm a reasonable man. So all you have to do is go home, make another one of your greedy student videos. Is your derby right here? I am the champ now, and nobody's gonna stop me from this. That's why next week, live at AEW, somebody's got an opportunity for my TNT title, and that somebody I'm gonna make sure I destroy him over and over and over again until there's nothing left for him. Wow, huge news for Once again, we got Lance Archer coming out back to babyface. They can't fucking decide what to do here. This is a good exchange between these guys, though. Oh, this is great. Oh, shut the hell up. You're out here talking about you're going to hurt somebody? I've been the beast of All Elite long before you got here when you were still trying to have a day to yourself. I don't even think you understand the history of the TNT title because one year ago, Cody and I stepped in that ring and fought for the first ever TNT championship. I didn't leave that night the champion, but I'll be damned if on May 30th I don't walk out new TNT champion. Miro, Miro, honestly, I'm happy you won because we're about to give these people a monster fight they haven't seen since Godzilla versus Kong. And from one big bad son of a bitch to another i can't wait to beat the hell out of each other because on may 30th double or nothing in front of a sold out crowd i'm going to put your ass on the ground i'm going to hold that belt over my head because i am going to make you my bulgarian bitch <laughs> oh that really freaking hurts murder hawk i have never heard this before i promise you but you call yourself a monster. And yet every time you come out, you bring the old man to hold you back. When I wanted this title, nothing could hold me back. You know that? But I'm going to tell you this next time. Yeah, hold him back, old man. Next time I'll tell you this. <laughs> yeah, hold him you back. Bring him around. You better pray to God that he doesn't come close to me because I promise you, there is not enough yoga in the world that's going to save your life if you come close to me. I'll tell you that. And as far as you go, Murderhawk, I'll tell you this. You said that everybody dies, and it's true. Everybody dies. But I just insist that you're going to be first. This is an absolute that was a nice game. Ready to explode. <laughs> <laughs> I like Live Sunday, mate. Good job, everybody there. That, there's the Miro that we needed this whole damn time. You know what I see? This is one of the things where I really like this. They let him have his fun. And then it's like, okay, now it's time to be the ass kicker again. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, this is where that's where it kind of benefits them. Just sometimes giving them freedom, just let them have a little fun first, see what see whatever they're gonna do works, and then back to business. Miro yeah. got to not be funny for so long. It's like let him be funny for a little bit. Yeah, but he needed to introduce himself like this and then become funny yeah. later, not the other way around. Yeah, that is true. But we do have a cornet take on it here. Of course we do. <laughs> the best segment of the program was next. And guess who was in it? Bluto. I am astonished. And this, this even shows even more than ever before how f***ed up his introduction was. Miro does an in-ring interview. 
Well, the first, he thanked Jesus Christ, which I, this is the most religious bunch of heels. One heel's praying and crossing his heart. The other heel comes out and thanks Jesus Christ. But now he looks good. He's got his gear on. He's doing a promo like a badass with bass in his voice. He's not playing video games. He's not wearing pink Minnie Mouse t-shirts. He's not hanging around with his little mascot Pip and his virginal girlfriend Penelope. They're not doing phony shit with undercard goofs like the best friends. This guy might have gotten over. I mean, it's too late now because now we know that he really is a guy who wears fucking Minnie Mouse shirts and fucking plays video games and goes off with goddamn little Pip to fucking play video games or whatever, but at least it's good to know that he could have gotten over if he'd come out like this at the start. What the f- You got this guy, he sounds like this, he talks like this, he looks like that. Where has this guy been for the last six months? What are they doing? I told you, this is what I thought this guy had in him. And I must admit, I love this segment. I love this promo. Even though he messes up English, it works because he well, goes, it works because he, he goes does nonstop and he's fired up, and you believe him, and he's great like this. Keep him away from the Kip Sabians and the Penelope Fords. They put the TNT title on him. I don't think it's over for him there. It's over for him with you, but I think with the AEW fans, but he's had era, people laughing at him for a that, while now with the, the phony vi- empty video game cabinets that's and the fine. stupid. I agree. I agree. It's all stupid. But once they have fans back in there. And he starts coming out there as TNT champion and killing people and doing a promo like that, which you got to imagine the people there in the building would react to. I think it could be good. We'll see how they mess it up. But I've liked what I've seen from Miro the last few weeks. Ever since they blew off everything with him and Kip, I've liked everything I've seen from him. Well, and and it wasn't over yet. Lance Archer came out. Now, now, by the way, he's a full-fledged babyface now with an evil manager, Jake Roberts, who is completely purposeless now. Jake Roberts completely has no purpose whatsoever to exist in this world. But Lance Archer is now a full-fledged babyface, and he cut a good promo and called Bluto a Bulgarian bitch. And then Bluto had a good comeback. This was the best wrestling segment on the show. Two grown adult men actually kind of halfway being serious, trash-talking each other. And looked like they were going to, it made, I don't know that there's ever been an interview on this television program that made me more interested in seeing a match instead of less interested. This, because I was. That's what I was going to say. That's what's interesting. I actually yeah. want to see their match at the pay-per-view now. And, and believe me, my interest in seeing Miro versus Lance Archer before this promo could not have been lower. So anything would have fucking jacked it up, but this was good. It, it It's crazy. The world is upside down. Blue Toe and Archer, best segment on the program. Best wrestling segment on the program. Other people did good cheerleading or whatever. Cheerleading? Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't convinced. Well, of course, he's never going to be convinced. Moving on. George says <laughs> he's yeah, right they, like always. Exactly. Motherfucker, go get over it. Don't worry about it. If, La- if one of the acclaimed could be Lashley's sister and he'll be here now, he'll be fine. We've seen worse. Yeah, I do feel like we've seen worse many a time. Many a fucking times. The Raw Women's Champion lost after two minutes 
I think Miro will be fine. Mm-hmm. So uh, this brings us to our main event, the AEW World Tag Title Match, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson being accompanied by Brandon Cutler and Don Callis, defending their championships against the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison, being accompanied by Julia Hart. Julia Hart, I guess, is their new manager. She was a jobber on Dark or Elevation or some shit. Yeah, she's right? on, I believe, uh, she was one of the regulars on Dark. Finish to this is, they spray her face, right? What the fuck did they spray her with? It's whatever they've been using... On those fucking shoes that they adore, the fucking what are they called? Doors or something like that? I can't remember how it's pronounced. Yeah, she stands it's like with a, her. It's like a shoe shine or some shit. She stands with her face sticking out towards the spray, like if she's trying to inhale it, and just flails her arms rapidly, like an <laughs> anime character. That's what made me laugh so much. She it's the like worst selling ever. She's flailing her fucking arms. You have to see this. Another can. Cutler is the culprit. And look at this Julia Hart. And it's where to stand CPAT mask. Yeah, get, there you go. Yeah, Jackson caught red-handed. Never trust a heart. See, he takes the can away, and while the ref's getting rid of it, he throws him another can. Another can. Another can of the spray. This is absurd. <laughs> I should make that the fucking screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> look at how she saw that shit. She's flailing her fucking arms around. Hunch <laughs> face. Oh my god, dude. We said he thinks it was hand sanitizer. That explains it burning so fucking bad. But that wouldn't explain the selling. But <laughs> yeah, and that brings us to Matt Jackson. Because first there's the small package there, but what winds up happening is Matt Jackson winds up applying the sharpshooter. Nick Jackson hits that face buster. Backflip combo essentially. First hitting the face buster on Brian Pillman Jr. on the inside, who's locked into the sharpshooter by Matt, and then finishing off with that uh, backflip combo that he normally does, taking out his tag team partner, Griff Garrison, on the outside, leaving uh, this guy here to tap. Yeah, Corner makes a valid point here, though. I was listening to him, I didn't think about it until he brought it up, so I gotta credit him for this. But when this guy comes down here to hit this face buster, it would make more sense for a fucking. Uh, Pillman Jr. to be KO'd from that than it would be, even though this is a cool sequence, like, that's fine and everything, he should be unconscious, and then, of course, you got Garrison who goes out here and gets and gets done, but instead they have him tap. He could have just been out. So I do see a, um, just a better idea for a finish there than, than him tapping like that, but whatever. Yeah. So that's what they decided that they were going to do. And then afterwards, uh, Mox and Kingston beat up the Bucks and, and take their shoes and socks, like in yeah, school. They choked him out, and then they gave him the hood. They, they gave the we talk about strong side. We talk about what was a big man shit we said last week. Cowboy shit. They said some hood shit. They choked him out and stole their shoes. Mm-hmm. There we go. Eddie Kingston going back to his childhood days in Yonkers. Stealing the shoes. <laughs> stealing those. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be hood here, right? It seems like a very Eddie Kingston thing to do, though, doesn't it? Oh, it definitely does. Absolutely. Like, if anybody's going to kick your ass and take your shoes, it's Eddie Kingston. Mm Mm-hmm. And that pretty much is how they go off the air. Dynamite doing an overnight average of 821,000 viewers with a .28 in the 18 to 49 demographic. 
Again, next week's episode is going to be at 10 p.m. on Friday after SmackDown due to the NBA playoffs. That's going to be the go-home show to Double or Nothing. That's May 30th this upcoming Sunday, which we're going to do a post-show for both of those. Uh, since it won't be included Wait. until the Monday thing. The week before this did 936,000 views with a point thirty one in the 18 to 49 demographic. So they were actually down this week by about 100 and over 10,000 viewers and slightly down about four points, three points or so in the demographic rating. Um, so we do have the pay-per-view coming up, which we're going to do the polls of. They did announce the card at the end of the show. That's how they went home. They showed the Young Bucks, which are going to be facing uh, Moxley and Kingston. It's that double or nothing pay-per-view. Uh, I'll just let them run the Young card Bucks here. And the Inner Circle will battle the Pinnacle in a stadium stampede where if the Inner Circle loses, they have to disband. Plus, Kenny Omega must defend the AEW World Championship in a three-way match against Pac and Orange Cassidy. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, finally gets her shot at the AEW Women's World Champion, Hikaru Shida, and Miro defends the TNT Championship against Lance Archer. Cody Khan is officially booked Sting and Darby Allen together in a tag match against Scorpio Sky and Oligo Ethan Page. This will not be a cinematic match. This will be a live fight in the ring at Danny's place at Double or Nothing, Sting's first live wrestling match in front of fans in almost six years. We'll have our Casino Battle Royale, which has always been known for great action and some fun surprises. Special guest commentator will be a Battle Royale expert himself, all white. Cody Rhodes, who will call himself the American Dream for one night, faces Anthony Agogo. And the big return bout, Hangman Adam Page against the machine, Ryan Cage. And don't forget the final dynamite before Double or Nothing takes place on a special night at a special time. We'll be live right here on TNT Friday, May 28th at 10. So there you got it. That's the whole card. That's the rundown. Yeah, they got a pretty stacked card. Oh, yeah. they The pay-per-view cards are always usually stacked from top to bottom. But then again, I mean, I guess with only four pay-per-views a year, they have plenty of time to build everything up. So Yeah, exactly. So with that, we're going to do the uh, the poll. Have like a poll. All right, I'm going to share it with you guys in the chat room. It's gonna, it's already on the website for anyone who uh, wants to vote. It's on talkbrunch.com. There is the link there. If you just click on it, it'll take you to the page. And there's the embedded poll there, so you guys can grab it there. The bot's going to be spitting out a link in a moment as well. I love fucking Stacey's logic of the chat room. She said if Eddie Kings is going to get told he dressed like a like he's in the 90s and looks like a box in Newport, that's a way he'll get treated. Oh, makes sense. Can't, can't, not wrong. You can't argue that logic. He's not wrong. I'm getting, giving you guys a minute to get connected to that poll. We vote as a group here. Audience participation. Then. All right, we're here. Double or nothing. We're going to scroll through this. And we're going to start off with the Casino Battle Royale match. Jungle Boy, Nick Comoroto, uh, Colt Cabana, Stu Grayson, 10... Powerhouse Hobbs, Iwuno, Matt Hardy, Brian Pillman, Christian Cage, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy, Max Caster, Matt Seidel, QT Marshall, Dustin Rhodes, Anthony Bowens, Penta El Cero Miero, Lee Johnson, The Blade, and Griff Garrison. Who do you see going over in this gigantic casino battle royale? Um, I mean, it's my usual thing, but I'm going from bo- for uh, my boy Penta. Let me look at these names again. I feel like he's one of the bigger names. In this battle royale, so and I mean, if they go by their usual formula, this uh battle royale is always usually for a world title shot. So I'd like to see him and Omega go at it again. I'm gonna go with Stu Grayson. Stu Grayson. Yeah. 
Okay, I can see that. Just a wild pick there. Next, we got a singles match. Uh, this is the Hangman versus the Machine. Brian Cage with Kaz Wrong Machine. Oh, this one's kind of a tough one for me, but huh. there's no title on the line here or anything, right? No, this is uh, just a grudge match. Hmm. I can see Hangman getting his win back in this one. Me too. That's why I'm going to go because that's what I want to happen. Yeah. Cage is picking up momentum, but I mean, not enough yet to get a clean win over Hangman. Okay. Next, we got uh, the tag team match. This is Darby Allen and Sting against Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Yep, Sting's first cinematic, first regular live match in six years. Yeah, we we know Darby and Sting are going over in this. Like, they have to. Scorpio Sky and friend can't win this shit. Yeah, random friend. Stadium Stampede match. The Inner Circles, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Ortiz, Sammy Guevara, and Santana against Dax Hardwood, Cash Wheeler, MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, being accompanied by Tully Blanchard. If they're, if they're, I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see inner, inner circle taking this one. Yeah, they're not going to split them up. How stupid yeah, they, they would that be? They have experience and the stipulation. So. Yeah, and they already lost the first one. That'd be so fucking stupid. Don't do anything stupid. So yeah, we're going to inner circle on that one. I mean, uh, they're hundred. They're three hundred percent behind the pinnacle. Then I could see it, but I mean, you don't just end this kind of a feud after two matches. No fucking way. Singles match: Anthony Ogogo with the Factory against Cody Rhodes, being accompanied by Arn Anderson. Oh, I would have voted for Cody if it wasn't for that fucking promo. The babyface promo, that patriotic yeah, I promo. Can't. I just feel like I, when 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 Brandy's kids become old enough to understand, I don't know what she's she's gonna have such a hard time trying to decide what to tell them about first. The day that Kenny Omega and Don Callis came into the company. Like Matt Stryker said, this would be a day to tell your children about, or uh, or the day that Cody Rhodes did a promo, uh, a patriotic promo against Anthony fucking Agogo. <laughs> right. You know, these are the days we're gonna tell them about. Not the not the you pandemic, not the survival of the pandemic or any of that shit. Just the time that Cody Rhodes um did a promo against Anthony Agogo, and told about how amazing it is to have a mixed child. Either that or the time that Kenny Omega came, like, like went to Impact and uh, won that title. That's something you should tell your kids about. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of, of Cody winning the big matches for a little while. So fuck it. I'll swing while. Go, go, go. Maybe I mean, see, for me, if, if I had a kid, it would be a toss up between telling them about when Kenny Omega went to Impact, Anthony Agogo, <laughs> Anthony Agogo, and, uh, and the trailer to a quiet place too. <laughs> like I wouldn't know which one of those three things would be my big revelation to my kid. I feel you know, like a quiet place would be. <laughs> I'm mad it took me this long to catch what you would say. Maybe it's because it's four a.m. Maybe that's why. I can't wait to tell my kids about all these moments. I'm gonna keep a. It. I'm gonna keep a journal now. Of see, all see, the. See, this is what you do. This is what you do. You wipe the slate clean. And you tell them about Kong versus Godzilla. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep a journal right now of uh, all the good booking ideas that AEW has going forward. And you know what I'm going to name the book? No, a <laughs> A Quiet Place. You stupid. <laughs> I just figured I'd double down. There's no quiplash here, but I could still double down on my answer. Fucking stupid. 
Anyway, Inner Circle has to win this one. Fucking Cody Rhodes should win against Anthony. Uh, go, go. It'd be messed up to be patriotic because then after you show your tell your kids about that promo, she's going to want to see the match. And imagine if Anthony and Gogo. You know, after that whole thing that you made me watch, the Gogo hit him with his own flag and covers him with the crossroads. You know what? Now that you say it, you're right. Damn. Yeah, you have to. If you're going to tell your kids about this, it better have a happy ending. <laughs> right. Oh pressure. No pressure, though, right? No pressure. Oh, my God. I want to get oh, out yeah. of here. Anyway. Next. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> AEW World Tag Team Title Match. The Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson defending against Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. This is going to be a war and a half, but yeah, the Bucks are thinking, the Bucks are taking it. We pay for two versions of Wild Thing. They better give it to fucking Moxley and Kingston. Actually, yeah. You know what it was? I, I factored in the fact of how long both these teams have been together. Where, where I, I in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, Moxley and Kingston have been friends for a long time, but they haven't been a team for a while. But no. Nah. You're right on that one, actually. I demand a Wild Thing championship celebration to end the pay-per-view. Or to at least end that segment. I mean, we went through it already. They win the fucking titles. celebration music. The Bucks don't need it right now. I'm sick of seeing them walk around in their fur shit. And I mean, wouldn't it be great, though, if they beat them with the steel? If you get a ref bump, and then they hit them with the stolen shoes, and then win the titles? Is it the shoes? (laughs) Yeah, so Kingston, Kingston, and Moxley for me here. TNT title, Miro against Lance Archer being accompanied by Jake Roberts. Miro just got the title, and Lance Archer hasn't like wrestled much lately. So yeah, gotta go Miro. He hasn't even been a consistent heel or babyface. He's been inconsistently annoying. So we'll leave that there. AEW Women's World Title Match. Carl Sheeta defending her championship against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, with Rebel. So, I'm thinking Sheeta, but if Britt does get it, it's not going to be clean. But the clean. problem is that Sheeta has been freaking unstoppable. Clean or not, it's time to give up the strap. Think, think, Sorry. Yeah, think it's, um, Tires, time Britt's, Britt's time to get that title already. Yeah, she's been here since day one, so... Let's have the title handed over, please, before the new channel and everything. Get it to Brit, please. Thank you. Good job, Sheeta. And she's Time a great heel. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And she has a good act. No one here has an act, really. AEW World Title three-way match. John Moxley defending against Orange Cassidy and Pac. So this is, a, wow, the first three-way for the AEW World Title, but this is going to be nuts. Um... I think it's going to be Omega, but I think I'm going to take it one step further. I think he's specifically going to pin Orange Cassidy to keep the feud between those two going. I could see that. Because he's specifically pointed him out. So it seems like they're building maybe a one-on-one thing between those two. Yeah, I don't see Omega losing it at any point anytime soon. So if they're smart uh, about Every it. time he's been a world champion. He's been a world champion for a long time. There's been no build-up to Pac being champion, and I don't think Arch Cassidy's fits there yet either. So, no, I'm going to go with Kenny Omega has to retain here. Yeah, He's getting there, but not quite. Yeah, okay. So, we're going to put Kenny Omega for this here. And after that, guys, ladies and gentlemen, you just hit that finish button, and that brings you home. Yeah, that is it. That is how you are. Yeah, guys. So, um, yeah, that's it also for this show as well. Don't forget, this Sunday, we'll be in the chat room and we'll be hanging out. We'll have a post show afterwards. We're going to cover the Friday Night Dynamite. 
uh, as well as the Double or Nothing 2021. So don't forget to be there. That being said, thank you to everyone who hung out with us for this entire wonderful, long, controversial, heated episode of Talk Brunch Live. Uh, including all of our regulars and live people across the chat room and all various platforms, as well as uh, Six Slayer, Quest Thompson, aka uh, Killer Quest, EB Gamer, Willie V2, Stasis Dreams, Blue P, George Z, Round Track Car, Academy Impossible, Cleaning the House, as well as all of you who have been listening across all of our various platforms on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. And all of the other various platforms that we are on. Once again, do not forget this Sunday we will be here live for the post show immediately following AEW Double or Nothing 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 458, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch, from myself and my co host, Destin Soul Glow Frazier. We're out of here. Now, where's my sticker? Shut it down. <laughs>